stream. Thursday, the 27th of July. Let's begin together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we put our trust in you. You led your people through the sea dry shod. Let us put our trust in you as you lead us through this day's challenges. You fed your people in the desert. Let us hear your word of life amid the noise of our busy lives today. You gave your people water from the rock. Let us drink from the fountain of life and not from bitter and polluted waters. O Lord our God, you sent into the midst of faithless humanity the living bread, your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to nourish and strengthen us on the road. Through the mystery of the cross, you poured forth upon us the Spirit, the water of life. Have mercy on our lack of trust and lead us in your ways today through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. It is a better way to start a Thursday, the Sunrise Morning Show, here on, well, however you happen to be listening, you got it, originally from the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You're listening across a pretty awesome group of connected stations and apps and affiliates and such. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, Father Robert Nixon continues our series on St. Ildefonsus of Toledo's crown of the virgin uh we're basically looking at stars and flowers and things jewels and stuff that reflect the virtues of mary and today we get to talk about the biggest uh thing so far the moon and uh how the moon can symbolize mary rita heikenfeld talks about beef on bible foods so grill masters tune in on andrew swafford is part of ascension press's catholic guide to the old testament we're going to look at the book of numbers you may not be super familiar with what goes on in the book of Numbers, but it's a rather important book. It's right there at the beginning of the Bible. And then pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast will discuss how to adapt your parenting style as your children get older and how you should kind of grow it with them along the way. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The Federal Reserve is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year. That's what Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told reporters after the central bank raised interest rates by another quarter of a percentage point yesterday. He said inflation has moderated, but there's still a, quote, long way to go to get it down to the 2% goal. Officials pushed rates to their highest level since 2001, while leaving the door open for future rate increases. It is the 11th rate hike since March of 2022, and it follows a pause last month. More than 100 million people across the U.S. are now under heat alerts. Mark Mayfield reports. Officials say that record-breaking temperatures will continue in the southwest because of a heat dome that's staying over the region. The heat wave will affect the northern part of the country this week, with New York City expecting record highs in the upper 90s on Thursday and Friday. Officials say that Philadelphia, Boston, and Washington, D.C. could experience dangerous heat, with the temperatures reaching the triple digits. I'm Mark Mayfield. A penicillin shortage has health officials considering whether to declare a possible public health emergency. With supplies of the drug tight, doctors have been rationing treatment. 
prioritizing pregnant patients and babies. The Department of Health and Human Services is putting together a task force to examine the issue. Declaring a public health emergency could free up some resources to help fight the problem. The Iowa Supreme Court is going to weigh in on the state's recent heartbeat law abortion ban. The high court announced Tuesday it will take up Governor Reynolds' request to allow the new law to take effect. A district court judge had temporarily halted the law, which bans abortion at the detection of a fetal heartbeat. Pro-abortion groups, including Planned Parenthood, had filed legal motions against the new law. The state Supreme Court will likely decide the issue during its next term, which runs from this September through June 30th of next year. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem says Christians in the Holy Land do not need special protection, only respect for their rights. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. Vandalisms targeting churches, cemeteries and Christian properties, in addition to physical and verbal abuse against Christian clergy, have seen an upsurge in Israel in the past months amid ongoing political tensions within Israeli society and re-escalation of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The most recent incidents have seen extremist Jews attempting to occupy churches in Haifa. Speaking to Vatican News, Cardinal-elect Pier Battista Pizzaballa confirmed that acts of religious intolerance are not new in Israel, but have significantly increased in recent times, especially in Jerusalem. According to the Latin Patriarch, the violence involves new generations of Israeli settlers in the occupied territories who have grown in a social-political context of violence and polarization fueled by some extremist religious leaders. The situation, said the Patriarch, is making Christian communities more and more nervous. However, he said Christians in the Holy Land don't want special protections, but only respect of the fundamental rights that a democratic state should guarantee to all its communities. Although the current Israeli government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is not per se anti-Christian, Patriarch Pizzaballa noted it has contributed to create a climate of tension and animosity in some circles of Israeli society. However, he said there are reasons of hope because these incidents have spurred strong reactions even from Jewish religious leaders. I believe that over time, this awareness of the problem will bear fruit, the patriarch said. I am Lisa Zengarini. And the U.S. women's soccer, can I talk? The U.S. women's soccer team finished with a 1-1 draw against the Netherlands in its second World Cup group stage match. Lindsay Horan netted the tying goal in the 62nd minute yesterday in New Zealand. Team USA returns to action Tuesday against Portugal. Okay. I uh I maintain my my sports ethic that no game should end in a tie. Well, but, you know, I'm not in charge of such things. Oh well. In a well, in a group stage, I'm okay with it, especially okay. because I stayed up to watch the game and the idea of going into extra time would have meant that I needed to go to bed and not get to see a thrilling end. So I was okay with it. Ending it's like when uh, it's like when when West Coast baseball happens, and I'm like, uh, yeah, sorry, I can't, I can't pay much attention to West Coast baseball. It doesn't start until after my bedtime. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. 
thank you for the update, Anna Mitchell. Oh, you're welcome, Matt. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Hey, Matt. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday, by the way, to a couple other people that our listeners might know. Today is also the birthday of one Tom Price from EWTN, who you hear on Call to Communion with Dr. David Anders. And it is also the birthday of Father Mitch Packwell. That is quite the trifecta. Yeah. We, uh, we'll split a cake three ways for you. Neat. Neat. Well, I'd Father Mitch is barbecuing like a Zephyr or something. <laughs> I believe Tom Price is off today. He took it's his, his birthday, birthday off. He gets to sleep in. I'll have to rib him for it, though. It's good. Because you're not He's taking doing... your birthday off, Matt. Thanks for working on your birthday. Okay. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Today is Thursday, July the 27th. I really do appreciate Matt for working on his birthday. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Father Robert Nixon is back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Benedict in Monk at New Norcia in Australia. He's translator of the Tan Resurrection series. And we have been reflecting on the crown of the Virgin, an ancient meditation on Mary's beauty, virtue, and sanctity by St. Ildefonsus of Toledo. Father, welcome back. Thank you very much, Eddie. It's great to be with you. It is great to have you back. And we are up to the 18th setting in, or sorry, yeah, the 18th setting in the crown of the Virgin in which St. Ildefonsus places the bright and refulgent moon. Now, the moon, certainly an image that is has often been used in describing the Blessed Mother, did... Were there like certain ideas that people in the time of St. Ildefonsus had about the moon that could that could help um, yeah. help uh, us understand uh, this better? Absolutely. Absolutely, Eddie. And it was about at this time that this symbolism of the moon uh, representing the Blessed Virgin really came to the fore. And he points out three particular aspects of the moon, which he says makes it very appropriate for the moon to be placed as an adornment of this kind of conceptual crown which St. Ildefonsus is fashioning as a sign of his devotion to the Blessed Virgin. And he says, I place the moon full and rank in your crown that it may illuminate it with the pearl-like effulgence of its silver light. The moon indeed receives its own light from the supreme light and source of all light, the sun, and thus serves to illuminate the night. And I think this is the first point that even back in those days, they knew that the moon didn't actually issue light from itself, but that it reflected the, uh, the glorious light of the sun. And one of the things he talks about is how Mary reflects the, uh, the wonderful light. And um, in the same way that to look at the sun can be almost overwhelmingly bright, well, it is overwhelmingly bright because of, of, of its sheer magnitude and brightness. But the light which the moon reflects somehow is, is softer and more gentle. And I think that is a very key point. Wow. And I think sometimes when we, we can, you know, we can almost be uh, filled with too much awe uh, in approaching God, a little bit of fear almost. But in approaching uh, Mary, the uh, divine power and divine love is reflected 
in this gentle and beautiful way, in the same way that the moon uh, never overwhelms us with its brightness, but is always uh, a subtle and gentle reflection of the sun. Now, another can I, Sorry, thing, can I jump during, in on that during, point for just a second here, Father? Because absolutely, um, there's, absolutely. A, there's a line in here that I've, I've been thinking about. Um, he writes, for you gaze upon the splendor of the true sun. And I was thinking about it. We uh, human beings are told by scientists to not look directly at the sun, right? We're, we're told that, that that will somehow hurt our eyes. It's not good yeah. for us. And yet she can, you know, like when you when you kind of take this metaphor over to the Blessed Mother, she can gaze right at the sun and and give us that reflection that you were just talking about. Absolutely. And and the reason she can gaze directly at the sun, um, the sun being God, is because the sun in another way, S-O-N, was also her own natural son was was her little baby and little uh, as as an adult she remained uh, still his mother so that she had this particular closeness of relationship and you know i think we we can imagine this in any situation where um there might be a person who overawes everyone in the world but his own mother will always be able to um, you know, to be close to it. But I think that's yeah. the same. But in this particular case, we're talking about Jesus Christ, who was true God himself. So Mary's closeness to Jesus as his natural mother um, was also simultaneously a closeness to uh, to God himself, which I think is quite an amazing thought. And she was uniquely able to do that. She uniquely possessed that special relationship with God and for this reason, she reflects this this magnificence in her own being. And in that, she brings light to the darkness of night. Indeed, indeed. And, and this is one of the other, other characteristics. And this bringing light to the darkness of night is so important because so often in our own lives, we can feel as if we're surrounded uh, by darkness. And he expresses that uh, very wonderfully. He says, and thus you illumine the night of our sorrow. You put to flight the impulse to sin and refresh the barren soul with spiritual dew. And, you know, we think about the moon in the night. And one of the things which he mentions a little bit earlier, um, that uh, while exposing hours of darkness and repelling them from their nefarious deeds, I think that's a wonderful thing that um, this light, which is reflected by Mary, uh, puts any, any of the uh, evil thoughts or temptations and so forth, negativity which might be assailing us. So this is uh, one of the, of the wonderful characteristics which Ildefonsus is illustrating. Yeah, here. and we'll have to leave it there for time, but I uh, encourage you to go pick up a copy of The Crown of the Virgin by St. Ildefonsus of Toledo and translated by Father Robert Nixon. Father, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Annie. God bless you and God bless all of your listeners today. You as well, Father. Thanks. All right, we're coming up on 16 past here on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back with headlines right after this. 
For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Tis the season for iced tea. If you're looking for some unique flavors to enjoy, the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of options, including lemongrass mint, ginger orange, and blossoming jasmine. Go check them out through our link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. And when you make a purchase, we earn a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a mug or etched travel mug, which are available in our online store. Get your mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee for tea at sunrisemorningshow.com. EWTN, communicating the faith. I feel like God has been really doing a work in me in the last five, ten years. I'm a convert to Catholicism, and I started to just really feel a passion to know more about the Catholic faith, and I started listening to Catholic radio all day. I'm not doing great things, but I'm doing small things with great love. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. 17 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. The Federal Reserve is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year, but they did raise interest rates by a quarter percent yesterday. The Iowa Supreme Court will weigh in on the state's recent heartbeat law. And the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem has said Christians in the Holy Land do not need special protection, just respect for their rights. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Uh, Anna Mitchell, um, there are lots of things going on here as we transition from July into August. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lots of cool things on the calendar. You know, I got a, a feast day wrong yesterday because um, I mentioned that uh, Blessed Titus Bransma, who was recently made into St. Titus Bransma, mm-hmm. was actually, I said that. Yesterday was his feast. Yesterday was actually the anniversary of his death. Today is his feast. Um, I don't see any really? big people that we're probably going to talk about on the calendar for the feast today. But tomorrow... The seven uh, sleepers of Ephesus today. Well, I mean, I can remember them. I mean, sleeping in Ephesus sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, um, one of the uh, the saints from the American Pipeline who has connections to... My state of Maryland is on the calendar for tomorrow, namely Blessed Stanley Rother. Oh, nice. I wanted to point him out because I'm not going to be uh, with you tomorrow. Yeah, you're going to see uh, your grandparents, right? I'm going to see grandparents. Um, well, the uh, um, I was just going to say that you, I don't know if you have like the tiny saints things for your family. They're like the little. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple of those. Got a couple of those. So Zeke's got two. He's got... Uh, 
He's got a Carlo Acutis one. He's got a Stanley Rother one. I can't even really? remember how or where we got the Stanley Rother one. Wow. But we've got one. Um, That's cool. Anyway, he is, uh, he is from the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, and he was uh, formed in seminary in Maryland. So we got an American on the calendar tomorrow. I just want to make sure that people pay attention. I I tend to root for the Americans. It's like it's like when uh, when well, it comes as you to should. World Cup stuff, as it were, Anna Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I just I want to see a good game from everybody. Mm-hmm. But I I root Team USA. Absolutely. And well, over it is the weekend, so we get Martha and Mary and Lazarus. So Who are decidedly not Americans. They're not Americans. But incredible. The, I love rooting for the Americans, too, because, I mean, yeah, we might be the, the salad bowl of the world. You know, all of these different nationalities come into this, this one country. But we have an American spirituality that, you know, there are some unique... American qualities that we can learn from these saints who are Americans. Pray for us. Family, as Sacred Heart Radio continues to persevere in providing the good news of our salvation through Jesus Christ, we do it because of your ongoing generosity. But as family, it's important to share with you the news that donations for the year are down by nearly $40,000. Now, if you're not too tapped out to give a small gift after coming home from vacation, then please visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click on Donate. And thank you for allowing the good news to be heard on Sacred Heart Radio and SacredHeartRadio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing you care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. In hundreds of counties in Appalachia and the South, there is no Catholic presence. There are no priests, brothers, sisters, or lay ministers. The less than 1% of the population that is Catholic often struggles to participate in the life of the church. Glen Mary Home Missioners is the only Catholic community exclusively committed to serving this part of the United States. To learn more about joining Glen Mary Missioners in this mission, visit glenmary.org. That's glenmary.org. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for Mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. here on the Sunrise Morning Show, always one of our favorite segments each week with Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com. Good morning, Rita. Well, good morning, Miss Annie, and I think uh, we're going to talk about beef today, and I have a feeling the recipe I'm going to be sharing is going to be perfect for you with the little ones to help. Oh, I am super pumped (laughs) about this. It looks incredible. Incredible. We are big fans of uh, Mexican food in the Egan household. So uh, just as a little tease for listeners who are also fans of uh, tacos and burritos, she's got a wonderful recipe 
to share. So let's talk about beef in the Bible. Proverbs fifteen seventeen says, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted ox and hatred with it. Um, have you ever had ox before, Rita? <laughs> Not that I know of, but you never know. <laughs> you the way know. we grew up, Lebanese, we ate a lot of different kinds of animal protein. But it's funny because um, when I think of beef and my uh, thoughts go back to Luke and, and chapter 15 about the prodigal son, which is a wonderful story most of us are familiar with about when he uh, finally got back home, his dad took the, a fatted calf, the best calf from the herd, to feed him. So um, that was a very special reason to take a, especially a small calf from the herd back then. Yeah, absolutely. And the Proverbs verse, you know, it's better to eat a salad if it's made with love than mm-hmm. to have, like, the big beef dinner made by somebody that is, you know, in a bad mood, I guess. <laughs> Love that verse. But uh, was beef common uh, during Bible days in terms of, of something that they ate? No, the rich people were um, could eat it, and the kings, but the, actually any the cows, and we just talked about oxen before, they were used basically for plowing the fields. Think of that. And they were just considered too valuable to be used for meat, especially on an everyday basis. But then again, like the fatted calf on special occasions, Um, A calf was taken from the herd. It was usually a calf because it was more tender to be butchered and then roasted over an open fire. Nice, nice. Now, do you think um, people are eating more or less beef today? It all depends on the kind. Now, I grew up with lamb's liver. My husband grew up with um, calf's liver. And I don't think you're going to find either, you know, anywhere in the meat uh, section of the grocery today fresh. They're usually relegated to the frozen section. Um, But you know what? Um, Along with steaks and um, different cuts of beef and roast, I think ground beef, I don't know, you give me your opinion. To me, that continues to be the most popular because it's so versatile, can be super lean or marble with a little bit of fat for flavor. So um, I'm assuming you use a lot of ground beef in your cooking too, don't you? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I buy it in bulk when it's, uh, when it's on sale at the grocery mm-hmm. store so that I can have it frozen because it is. It's so easy to just pull it out and, and just brown it for tacos even. Um, I'm wondering, though, what is your favorite kind of beef to cook or eat, Rita? Uh, especially during the summer, the ground beef, um, because the recipe I'm sharing for the grilled beef burritos is so good. Also, um, hamburgers and, and we use, I use ground beef to make, um, Lebanese stuffed zucchini. So, um, yeah, we, it's just so, so versatile. And, you know, beef is such a good source of bodybuilding protein. And here's the deal. People may not know that the iron in beef, your body absorbs it very efficiently. So it's just a, a good source of, um, protein for our bodies just don't overdo as i always say you know what my newest favorite cut of beef is though what chuck roast okay so get this you just buy a chuck roast which is on sale all the time at the grocery store Mm -hmm. and you know you do salt and pepper and some flour and brown it and then Mm. you get up the little bits you know use soy sauce to get it up put it in the crock pot pour that um you know the soy sauce mixture from what's left over in the pan Mm -hmm. um in there and then add an onion, and that's it. You just cook it for, like, I don't know, six hours, mm-hmm. and it just falls apart. 
and you put it on. Uh, I like I like eating it on a bun, and you know how simple I am. I don't do a lot of ingredients, whereas Matt is the gourmet here. But <laughs> I basically soy sauce is my key ingredient for everything, Rita. That sounds so delicious, and especially just shred it up like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hungry now. I know. Well, me too. I'm always hungry when I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> so tell us your recipe for grilled beef burritos. Well, this is wonderful and something that if you're go- going camping, um, easy to pack, easy to tote, and then just um, warm on the grill ahead. Basically, I'll have the, the complete recipe on my site um, and also on your site on your e-newsletter with yes. Ryan Lopez, which is going to be fun. Um, basically, you're going to cook some ground beef, some onion, bell pepper, and garlic, just till the meat's brown and the onion's tender, Any, Then you stir in a little bit of water, some chili powder, and cumin. When that water's evaporated, uh, you just take it off the heat. And then you're going to add some cooked rice and fresher canned chilies. Um, and then um, that's going to be the filling for um, a flour tortilla. So you just pile that in the center, and you top it with a little bit of cheese, and then you just fold the tortilla up and then um, what after we fold it up we wrap that whole thing in foil and then you can keep it in the fridge for a couple days and then when you're ready to um, eat it you can either warm it in the oven or pop it on the grill to warm throughout and it'll get some grill marks on the bottom leave it in the foil so delicious so easy and perfect for summer oh my gosh that sounds incredible that sounds like something i could do rita I think you would be have fun with the little ones, get their little hands in there. Oh my gosh, I've never tried grilled burritos before. I know, it's a Will little is, different. It's oh, a little different. Will is going to be thrilled about this. This is such a good idea. You can find it, again, at abouteating.com. And Rita mentioned our uh, e-newsletter. You can sign up for that at sunrisemorningshow.com. Rita, it was so good to talk to you. Thank you. Same here, sweetheart. I'll talk to you soon. I look forward to it. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show, it's time for news. The Federal Reserve is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year. That's what Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told reporters after the central bank concluded its meeting, raising interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point yesterday. He said inflation has moderated, but there's still a, quote, long way to go to get it down to the 2% goal. Officials pushed rates to their highest level since 2001 while also leaving the door open for future rate increases. It's the 11th rate hike since March of 2022, and it follows a pause in June. More than 140 million Americans are under heat alerts as extreme temperatures linger across the U.S. Forecasters say the feels-like temperature accounting for humidity is expected to top 100 degrees from the Midwest into the Northeast. New York City will be under an excessive heat warning today and tomorrow as the city broils in its hottest temperatures of the year so far. In Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, the feels-like temperatures are expected to reach 100 degrees as well. Extreme heat and high humidity are also expected in parts of Indiana, Minnesota, and Missouri, among other states. The White House is not saying much after Hunter Biden's plea deal involving tax and gun charges hit a snag yesterday. Mark Mayfield reports. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked several times about the case involving the president's son, but only said he's a private citizen and that it's a personal matter. 
She added that the president and first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. Hunter was expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay income taxes as part of a deal announced last month with the DOJ. But the judge said she was not ready to accept the deal and asked both sides to file additional briefs explaining the plea deal's legal structuring. The hearing ended with Hunter Biden pleading not guilty. I'm Mark Mayfield. Former U.S. Marine Trevor Reed is expected to make a full recovery after being wounded while fighting in Ukraine. The veteran who was previously imprisoned in Russia is now receiving medical care in Germany. State Department officials say Reed was not engaged in any activities on behalf of the U.S. government. He was arrested in Moscow in 2019 for intoxication and sentenced to nine years in prison. He was released in a prisoner swap last year in exchange for a Russian drug smuggler. The president of the World Youth Day Foundation recently paid a visit to young people in the Holy Land who will be unable to travel to Lisbon next week. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. The General Secretariat of Christian Youth in Palestine organized a mass in Bethlehem on the 22nd of July, presided over by the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal-elect Pierre Battista Pitabala, with Cardinal-elect Aguiar. The Holy Father has repeatedly made appeals for an end to the ongoing violence in the region and for peacemaking efforts, constantly expressing his closeness to those suffering. The future Cardinal cited reasons for his visit to the Holy land, including the Pope's words of advice. Cardinal-elect Aguiar said the first reason is to fulfill a promise I made to the young people who came from the Holy Land to Lisbon to prepare for the pilgrimage. I told them that before the World Youth Day, I would find time to visit them, and here I am. The other reason, he said, involves what Pope Francis has always told me. Don't forget those who cannot come to Lisbon. I made that effort, he said. The future cardinal had also made a special visit to bring his closeness to young Ukrainian faithful earlier this month. Cardinal-designate Aguiar said that these young people are an example. Because of their resilience, he said, they are able to overcome all the obstacles we see. Dialogue and encounter, despite everything, he said, are possible. In his homily, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal-elect Pizzabala, referred to the large participation of the young people from the Holy Land this year in the World Youth Day, noting they estimate some 90 from Jordan, 50 from Galilee, 200 from Palestine, and 20 for the first time from Cyprus. The Patriarch and invited the young Catholics to invest their time in doing good, despite the many injustices they witness in their lives. Cardinal Aguirre also visited some of the craft workshops that made thousands of rosary beads to be distributed to World Youth Day participants. This project, carried out by Caritas Jerusalem, provided employment for many families in the city of Bethlehem. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. Government figures show sales of new single-family homes saw a 2.5% decline from last month. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible. So to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com.
For Catholics, being united with God for eternity is the goal of earthly life. A Catholic cemetery is sacred because it holds our bodies, once temples of the Holy Spirit, until the Lord comes again. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati has consecrated Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery to provide this ministry and remind us that life is not ended, but changed. Today, you can ensure that you and your loved ones are interred in accordance with your faith. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Thursday, July the 27th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nachman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Online at skpha.com. Going to be swelteringly hot today under a heat advisory again. Right now, temperatures in the mid-70s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, partly cloudy, hot, and humid with afternoon storms and a high of 94 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight and humid with an overnight low of 75. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 98. It'll feel like uh, above 100. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, partly cloudy with scattered showers and storms this afternoon. A high of 94. Partly cloudy with a few showers or storms possible tonight. An overnight low of 75. Partly cloudy with a stray shower tomorrow and a high of 96. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. It's 37 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show Andrew Swafford. He is co-author of A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament, continuing our Old Testament Bible study. And I hope you've picked up a copy, but if you haven't, you can find it at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. Andrew, welcome back. Uh, so good to be with you, Annie. It is good to have you. So today we are talking about the book of Numbers in the Pentateuch and therefore attributed to Moses again. And, you know, Andrew, last time we talked to you about how you kind of lose the narrative in Leviticus, and then this is where we pick it up again, right? So I know it has a different name in Jewish tradition. I learned that reading this in uh, the Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. Why do we, as Catholics, call it the Book of Numbers? Well, it, it, that's, I mean, it makes sense to call it Numbers because of the census given in Numbers 1 and Numbers 26, the kind of bookends the book in terms of, and this is you know, part of uh, okay, well, how many Israelite uh, men uh, of fighting age are there, and this is part of the backdrop of Be Fruitful and Multiply and how Israel is doing. So that, that's where the, book, uh, the name Numbers came from, is Numbers 1 and Numbers 26, the census taken uh, of the people. And what is it called in Jewish tradition? Yeah, Bamidbar, which literally means in the wilderness. So the Jewish names of text typically, uh, it's either the first word, kind of like our encyclical, the first word or like the, oh. an opening word in the first line. Uh, Bamidbar means in the wilderness. And it, that is also a fitting name to capture the ethos of the book because physically they are in the wilderness journeying towards the promised land, but also spiritually they are very much in the wilderness. It's a, it's a low point for ancient Israel. Yeah, okay. So kind of take us through the timeline of the major events that take place in in the book of Numbers, in the wilderness. Yeah, so here we are, uh, Numbers, uh, by the time you get to Numbers 10, verse 11, 
we're told we're in the second year after the exodus. And so this is all taking place at Mount Sinai as part of that Levitical renewal after the golden calf. And Numbers 10, 11, they finally set out for the promised land. And plan A is to go after that one-year kind of rehabilitation uh, program with Leviticus is to enter the promised land. The 40-year wandering is not yet on the table. And then what you have uh, in Numbers 13 and 14 is these 12 spies are sent into the promised land, uh, 10 of whom come back scared. They say, yeah, the land's great, both milk and honey, but there's these people there, and we can't do it. We want to go back to Egypt, and the people buy into that. And only Joshua and Caleb are the only faithful spies that say, look, we're, we're not here because we're so strong. We're here because God is faithful. And if God is with us, we can go in. Uh, but the people accept the testimony of the 10, and they say, we don't want to go in. And the Lord basically says, fine, you don't have to. You'll wander one year per day. The spies were in the land, 40 days, 40 years. And, and so the 40-year wandering is really given after this uh, kind of apostasy in Numbers 13 and 14. Wow. What a depressing story, Andrew. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I mean, oh, go ahead. Well, it's our story. I mean, that's, that, the church sees in the book of Numbers, this is this is our story, right? So it's, it's, it's about them, but it's also a mirror to our present. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So let's pick up on the major themes that we need to pay attention to as we read through this book. Yeah, so I mean, there's a series of rebellions, a series of testings where the, the Israel, you know, tests the Lord. And, and the wilderness wandering, they're testing the Lord, but it's also a testing of them. And the Lord tests us not to see, okay, are you going to pass? Am I going to fail you or pass you? Rather, the testing is really a way to mature us, to mature our love. But maybe fast forward to Numbers 25. Uh, well, really, there's a great icon, iconic scene. It's Numbers 20. And you see a lot of parallels between Israel leaving Egypt in Exodus and things happening again with the next generation in Numbers 20, uh, Numbers 25. So 25 is this famous Baal Peor incident, which is really Golden Calf 2.0. These are the children of those who came out of the Exodus, and it's a similar sin with sexual immorality and idolatry. And as Leviticus was added after the golden calf, so too the context for Deuteronomy is really given in response to this iconic fall in Numbers 25 in the mm. plains of Moab. So it's it's this, and St. Paul has this great line in Galatians 3.19 that the law was, quote, added because of transgression, that a righteous son or daughter doesn't need as many rules. But the more way where they are, the curfew comes down, the rules get added, and it's a way of, of the Lord trying to accommodate and come down to his children and meet them where they are. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask you about how these themes are particularly important to St. Paul in his letters. Can you talk more about that, how, how St. Paul illuminates the book of Numbers for us as Christians? It totally does. I mean, First Corinthians 10 is, is really uh, the first 15 verses or so, kind of a disquisition on, on the, the, this movement from the exodus to the wilderness. And this is the template of salvation, right? So God has delivered us. We're in a new wilderness wandering. Will we make it to the ultimate promised land, which is heaven itself? And, and think about the manna. The manna uh, given in Exodus and then also in Numbers is precisely food for the journey, for after the exodus, in route to the promised land. The Eucharist is the new and heavenly manna given after the exodus, after the cross, in route to the ultimate promised land. And St. Paul says these things were written down for our instruction um, because they are lessons for us where we fall in the wilderness as they did. And St. Paul sees that as having a lack of faith. And then Hebrews 3 and 4 does the exact same thing. It sees it the, the same way that this is, and this is so important for the reading of the Bible, too. It's not just about the past. It, yes, there's things that happen in the past, 
but why is this biblical revelation? Because this is this is a mirror to our to the life uh, to our life in Jesus, to the life of the church, and we all will go through this same pattern. And if we ever see a sin that we're like, oh, I would never do that. I mean, just stop, slow down, say, come Holy Spirit, what might be similar in my life? Because it, again and again, we will see it, that it's not that different. Exactly, which is why we are doing this Bible study, to understand it in its proper context, and then to be able to properly apply it to the life of the church. And we've been doing that with Andrew Swafford on the Book of Numbers today. You can find a Catholic Guide to the Old Testament linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. It's at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. And Andrew, we'll look forward to rounding out the Pentateuch with you and the book of Deuteronomy next time we get together. Thanks so much. That sounds great. Thank you. You bet. 16 till now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Coming up next... Our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast, will join us to talk about how parents can transition in mind and soul, I suppose you could say, when uh, their children start to um, age into young adulthood. And I kind of joked that I would apply these lessons to, you know, my three-year-old who thinks he's 20. So I think there's some uh, some wisdom here that we can all apply no matter how old our kids are. So that's coming up next with our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast, here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's quarter till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Do you use a single brew coffee maker at your home or in your workplace? The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have single-use coffee pods especially for you. Go to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sunrisemorningshow.com, to browse the Monk Shot options. When you check out, we'll earn a commission. And why not brew it straight into a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug? You can find those in our online store. Buy a mug and link for some Monk Shots for your Keurig at sonrisemorningshow.com. EWTN, communicating the faith. And all the people who are working so hard to get us on radio, you know, that's wonderful. And even if you reach 100 miles or 50 miles, you help spread the word. And we do all the programming for you. Programming is expensive stuff, you know, so you don't have to worry about programming. And so we want to thank you for everything you've done to make this radio possible. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic. 
Today on More to Life, carrying your cross. Challenges wearing you down. Let us help you rise up again. That's today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 till. Here's Anna with headlines. The Federal Reserve is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year, announcing that as they also announced another quarter of a percentage point rate hike. The president of the World Youth Day Foundation recently paid a visit to young people in the Holy Land who are unable to travel to Lisbon next week. And the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem has said Christians in the Holy Land don't need special protection, just respect for their rights. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, licensed counselor, former seminary professor as well. Kevin, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, this is something that, you know, I uh, will be very closely paying personal attention to the idea of adapting your parenting style as your kids get older. A lot of parents can probably relate to this because parenting a baby in some ways is kind of easy. You don't sleep much, but you sort of know what you have to do. Once you, mm-hmm. once they get a little older, the game kind of changes. So how do we need to adapt? Right, Matt, that's exactly it. So both our kids and us as parents, we go through developmental stages and our kids are a moving target, right? So we think we know what we're doing by the time they're, you know, little ones out of diapers, but then, you know, it keeps on happening. So a couple of things, a couple of points here, Matt, I think that as kids get to be teenagers and then young adults, that we can go to two extremes. Uh, We can say on the one hand, kind of the permissive laissez-faire, I'm done with my job, I'm gonna wash my hands, they're on their own now, I've done everything I can, right? And the other extreme, which is also not helpful, is to be what we call an, an authoritarian kind of parenting style or controlling or micromanaging. And we want to find some sweet spot in the middle. So our whole job, what, what's our job as parents is to, to get them ready to be launched and to be independent, uh, faithful adults, right? So we have to, so some questions here in the summertime as we're getting ready for school, whatever age our kids are, is to think about how much are we, which end of that spectrum are we, more on the permissive side or the authoritarian side? And what would it mean to try to focus on equipping my young person with skills. So the skills, like just basic practical skills, like doing the laundry, taking care of the car, but the other skills of managing their emotions, uh, pausing and getting consultation to make good decisions, weighing the pros and cons, uh, resilience, self-reliance, those kind of concepts. Uh, How about time management? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. When I can't be there to say, hey, you know, here's a limit on how often you should do this or how long you should do this activity and you need to spend some time on that. I mean, I've, as parents, yeah. we get kind of nervous about what's going to happen with time management as these kids get older and have to make those decisions well, for themselves. Well, we do. But the difference there, Matt, would be, you know, again, another continuum would be on the one hand would be enabling. So I'm getting between my child and the natural consequences of my child's actions, especially as they're a teenager or young adult. So I see parents who have gotten themselves into debt because they've got a college student who got a credit card and ran up 
an enormous amount of money they were not able to repay. And so the parents step in, and I've known parents not just once but twice and just take care of that debt. Or a kid gets in trouble with underage drinking while they're in high school or on the college campus or away. And we rush out, we get an attorney that we know, we bail them out, uh, we you know plead for them. So we kind of take over, we don't let them learning. There's no learning that happens from that. On the other side would be to have, uh, particularly as we get to later adolescence, young adulthood, is the idea of being having an adult-adult relationship. A friend of mine uh, pointed this out to me when my oldest son was like 12 or 13 and was, uh, you know, very difficult. We had a conflictual relationship. But a great question he asked is, what kind of relationship do you want to have with him 10 years from now? And is what you're doing now making a good relationship more likely when he's 23 and not 13? And that was a great question. So I think what my friend was getting at is develop an adult-adult relationship where I, I really don't give advice most of the time that I try to listen. I'm a sounding board, but I can ask difficult questions. And, I, and my, my sons are in their 40s now. But we have those kind of conversations where I try to steer away from giving unwanted advice and try to get them to think like, well, have you thought about this? Or, you know, this is what I did in a similar situation, but you have your life. Uh, you know, who else could you talk to about this? What other information do you need? And that's more treating them like an adult. The other part here, Matt, is I think, and it ties in with marriage. So us as adults with our developmental stages at midlife and beyond, when our kids are launched. So you've heard me say this many times before, too many marriages are kid focused. Uh, so we love our kids, but they really should not be the number one priority. It really should be God, you know, uh, our marriage and then the kids and then everything else after that. And nobody wants to hear that, but I think that's really important in, in adolescence as kids are getting ready to launch is what's the tone of the relationship between me and my spouse? Are we, are we doing the things we need to do to let go, to relinquish control and to build our relationship uh, as a couple, are we spending time together? Uh, somebody once said that the relationship between mom and dad are like the, it's like the atmosphere, the air that our kids breathe. Well, what are they breathing? Is it toxic atmosphere in the house? Or can they see that mom and dad keep growing in love? And then individually, and this is a spiritual dimension that we can ask God to say, okay, I've done my job, mission accomplished as best as I can up till they're 18 or 25. I'm, you know, I can't control them anymore. What am I going to do with my life? Like what else is God asking me to do when we have this empty nest so work on the marriage obviously but then what is God calling me to do what's the new mission the new vocation the new call that I have at midlife in terms of service and not just living through my kids or my grandkids which I think is that we love our kids and our grandkids but it's not it's not really the best thing in the world to make them the absolute be-all and end-all and priority so to be available but that adult-adult relationship, this is your life to live, I have to live my life. And I think kids do better, young adults do, if they see that mom and dad are doing okay. We've left the home, mom and dad are not falling apart or frantically calling us three times a day, right? So when we try to over-control, really the root of that is fear. And the only solution to fear and panic about our kids is faith. So we have to, again, bring that back to the Lord. Uh, and, and think about you know our blessed mother, so she let go. So there were some things there that were very painful for her. Uh, and she was certainly there by Jesus' side. But you don't hear in the scriptures that she's trying to tell him 
how to be the Savior and the Messiah, right? Yeah, like the closest so, you get to that is the wedding at Cana when she says, hey, they ran yeah. out of wine. <laughs> you know, well, she's ba- yeah, she's basically saying, hey, it's your, your job. You're coming into this your is, own. This, so. I'm going to put you in the driver's seat on this one. Right? Yeah. Uh, I just right. want to so, let you know. But, you yeah. know, with that too, uh, Kevin, I mean, I find that this, mm-hmm. this is applicable in a whole bunch of different uh, areas of life. I know it is certainly in the world of evangelization. This applies also to our own kids, maybe, who are mm-hmm. struggling with issues of faith. Uh, mm-hmm. The strongest, uh, and I bet you a bunch of our listeners could could attest to these, the strongest, uh, you know, roots of faith happen in those areas where we were able to kind of come to those conclusions and discern those paths ourselves, uh-huh. you know, take yep. ownership of it, as opposed to the stuff that was sort of just, you know, bequeathed to it, and we did it because our parents yeah. did it, or our grandparents did it. Those things well, that we came to yeah. through our own struggles mm-hmm. and battles are the things that we hold mm-hmm. most firmly to. That's absolutely true, and I, and I think you're making a good point that a lot of us are trying to break generational patterns, like maybe my upbringing was not great, and so I kind of overdo it on the other side. Uh, but also, I can share with my kids, especially as they're teenagers and young adults, these were some challenges I had when I was in college or in the military or struggling about a vocation, a career. This is how I dealt with it. So that, you know, kids perk up when you're telling a personal story. That's really a story of faith, how I use my faith to get through life and, and cope and be resilient. Well, and hopefully a great word of encouragement for any family who has maybe their teenager getting ready to head off to college and it's their last summer at home before uh-huh. this really kind of gets into that next phase. Thank you yeah. so much, Kevin Prendergast. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. God bless, Matt. Again, you can find Kevin and all of our guests linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. While you're there, uh, put in your email address to get show notes delivered to your inbox daily. Even get on lists to get things like Rita's Recipes sent to you in the mail. We're back with another full hour for many of you listening on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's three minutes till. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, when Russell Shaw will discuss his book, Revitalizing Catholicism in America. Dr. Jennifer Robat Morse will share the news from the Ruth Institute. I will reflect on the life of St. Martha in the Bible. There's frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, Drs. David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine, handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a 1,000 labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at bridgetownfindermeats.com. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have traveled to nearly every corner of the world. Founded by St. Daniel Comboni, we are an international Catholic organization dedicated to ministering the world's poorest and most abandoned people. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. That is ComboniMissionaries.org. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. This is Father Michael Mary Dosh from St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Thursday, the 27th of July. Let's begin this morning by praying an act of love in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Oh my God, I love you above all things with my whole heart and soul because you are all good and worthy of all love. I love my neighbor as myself for the love of you. I forgive all who have injured me and I ask pardon of all whom I have injured. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Well, good morning to you all. It is the Sunrise Morning Show as we head towards the end of the month of July. I think it officially ends on Monday. Uh, so uh, we still got a few days left, but we're glad that you're along. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Dr. John Bergsma will discuss the church in the Song of Songs. Now, you just thought it was a romance, but, well, you weren't wrong, but turns out, that uh, a lot of church fathers and thinkers and doctors and mystics through the years have looked at the Song of Songs and said, hey, that's Christ in his church. Father Philip LeRae will uh, be with us. There are more and more questions uh, on the legal side of how to treat artificial intelligence. Of course, we know the difference between a people and a robot, but Father Philip LeRae will talk about how uh, efforts to try and get AI uh personhood and receive its own patents have kind of muddied that water along the way. Things to kind of be aware of as we try and reassert what it means to be a human being uh, from a Christian perspective in that world. Gary Machuda will join us as well from Hands-On Apologetics. Also, Andrew Pettiprin uh, will look at, uh, well, he'll look back to his background. He was a former Anglican priest and how uh, Anglicanism as a tradition has differed from Catholicism over the past century or so on the question 
of contraception and natural family planning and all that fun stuff. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it's two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The Federal Reserve is raising interest rates again. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell announced a quarter of a percentage point increase yesterday, saying the central bank continues to be committed to bringing inflation down to a 2% goal. He said inflation has moderated somewhat, but there's still a, quote, long way to go. Officials pushed rates to their highest level since 2001, while also leaving the door open for future rate increases. It's the 11th rate hike since March of 2022, but does follow a pause last month. Fed also said to reporters yesterday that the Fed is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year. More than 100 million people across the U.S. are now under heat alerts. Mark Mayfield reports. Officials say that record-breaking temperatures will continue in the southwest because of a heat dome that's staying over the region. The heat wave will affect the northern part of the country this week, with New York City expecting record highs in the upper 90s on Thursday and Friday. Officials say that Philadelphia, Boston, and Washington, D.C. could experience dangerous heat, with the temperatures reaching the triple digits. I'm Mark Mayfield. A former intelligence officer turned whistleblower says Americans are being kept in the dark about UFOs. In a testimony before Congress yesterday, David Grush said the U.S. government is covering, covering up a program that collects and reverse engineers UFOs and has found, quote, non-human biologics at crash sites. He said he interviewed officials with direct knowledge of the program. Grush also accused the military of misappropriating funds to shield the operations from Congress. Meanwhile, ex-Navy pilot Ryan Graves told lawmakers that he and dozens of other pilots have observed UFOs carrying out, quote, unexplainable maneuvers. The Iowa Supreme Court is going to weigh in on the state's recent heartbeat law. The high court announced this week it will take up Governor Reynolds' request to allow the new law to take effect. A district court judge had temporarily halted the new law, which bans abortion at the detection of a fetal heartbeat. Pro-abortion groups, including Planned Parenthood, had filed legal motions against the new law. The state Supreme Court will likely decide the issue during its next term, which runs from this September through June 30th of next year. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem has said Christians in the Holy Land do not need special protection just respect for their rights. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. Vandalisms targeting churches, cemeteries and Christian properties, in addition to physical and verbal abuse against Christian clergy, have seen an upsurge in Israel in the past months amid ongoing political tensions within Israeli society and re-escalation of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The most recent incidents have seen extremist Jews attempting to occupy churches in Haifa. Speaking to Vatican News, Cardinal-elect Pierbattista Pizzaballa confirmed that acts of religious intolerance are not new in Israel, but have significantly increased in recent times, especially in Jerusalem. According to the Latin Patriarch, the violence involves new generations of Israeli settlers in the occupied territories who have grown in a social-political context of violence and polarization fueled by some extremist religious leaders. 
The situation, said the patriarch, is making Christian communities more and more nervous. However, he said Christians in the Holy Land don't want special protections, but only respect of the fundamental rights that a democratic state should guarantee to all its communities. Although the current Israeli government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is not per se anti-Christian, Patriarch Pizzaballa noted it has contributed to create a climate of tension and animosity in some circles of Israeli society. However, he said there are reasons of hope because these incidents have spurred strong reactions even from Jewish religious leaders. I believe that over time this awareness of the problem will bear fruit, the patriarch said. I am Lisa Zengarini. U.S. women's soccer team finished with a 1-1 draw against the Netherlands in its second World Cup group stage match yesterday. Team USA returns to action Tuesday against Portugal. And singer Sinead O'Connor has died at the age of 56. Her family confirmed her passing in a statement to Irish media saying they are devastated. Of course, O'Connor had a rather difficult relationship with the Catholic Church. She was criticized back in 1992 when she ripped up a picture of Pope St. John Paul II on Saturday Night Live. May she rest in peace, Matt. Indeed. Well, you know, when that happened, I was a Protestant, and I uh, I cheered her for it. Really? Um, well, wow. yeah, I mean. Wow. There's a complicated question, but here's, you know, when I when I pray divine mercy, I pray for people who, you know, maybe they left faith because they had a desire for justice and saw bad examples, and you just never know what can happen in those final milliseconds of mm-hmm. a person's world to yeah. uh i don't know i never presume upon the mercy of god i never assume that someone's okay uh, but i never assume that they're not okay i just pray for the mercy of god for all yeah yeah Sinead o'connor um her son um i believe committed suicide last year yeah she's and she's been fairly open about how much darkness that had brought into her own life oh so we need to pray for the o'connor family certainly say a prayer for them today today is thursday july the 27th and uh we're celebrating uh several birthdays that of tom price of ewtn that of father mitch pacwa of ewtn and that of matt swaim of ewtn Matt, happy birthday. Thank you, Anna Mitchell. How old are you? Are you going to admit it? I'm 44. Wow. I'll tell you about my cake. I got a cool cake. Yeah? I'll tell you about it in a little bit. Okay, cool. I look forward to hearing about it. Well, it's 10 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Dr. John Bergsma back with us on the Sunrise Morning Show. We've been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Anna. So we are continuing to unpack the Song of Songs and today getting kind of a better understanding of how this can be seen as as a metaphor for the love between God and and Israel and then by extension for the church. So um, 
Well, before we get to the Song of Songs itself, can you remind us the land is a huge theme throughout the entire Old Testament, is it not? It is indeed, all the way back to uh, Genesis 12, um, where God first calls Abraham and tells him to go to a land that God will show him. It takes a big, big act of faith, you know, to head off to some place where you don't know and just have the Lord say, hey, I'll, I'll let you know when you get there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Lord, give me a little more specific. I'd like to, I'd like to put that on way, uh, ways, you know. <laughs> yep. But uh, but he goes off, and um, yes, so he comes into the promise of the possession of the land of Canaan, uh, which we know as the Holy Land, and you see that in the Song of Songs, that the, the funny imagery where her uh, eyes look like the pools of Heshbon, and <laughs> she's compared to... Uh, you know, Mount Carmel and, um, you know, the Tower of Lebanon and these different things. These are these are just uh, prominent uh, landmarks within the promised land. And one of the dimensions of the song is that, in, in one sense, the bride is the land of Israel, is this um, uh, promised, uh, you know, uh, in, in a way, in, in the Bible, the, the, the promised land is a kind of Eden, a kind of Garden of Eden. But uh, the garden and the bride are, are very s- closely associated, and oftentimes the song will speak as if the body of the bride is a garden. Yeah, this is super interesting to me. You've got a handy little list here of uh, the various spots in Israel, the various landmarks in Israel that are mentioned here. The plain of Sharon in the north, the slopes of Gilead east across the Jordan River, the Tower of David in Jerusalem, the territory of Lebanon in the north, the wealthy cities of Terza, is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Terza in the north and Jerusalem in the south, the pools of Heshbon, as you mentioned, in the land of Jordan to the east, the Tower of Lebanon in the north near Damascus, Mount Carmel on the western seacoast. What are we to make of all of that? Well, we're to make that um, God's covenant promises are sure. He made a covenant with the ancestor of the people of Israel that uh, that they would come into the possession of this land. And under their great leaders like Joshua and Solomon, they possessed all of these uh, places. Those were the boundaries in the east, west, north, and south. And uh, so God's covenant promises are Sure. And uh, ultimately, you know, this is going to point forward to um, to the church. And the church is given not just the land of Israel, but even more expansive. Um, you know, at the end of Matthew, uh, our Lord sends the 12, who are like 12 new patriarchs of a new Israel, not just out to the land of, uh, of Canaan or the Promised Land, but, you know, out into all the world to make disciples of all nations. And so now Jesus Christ and the Church lay claim to all seven continents, and the whole globe can become a Garden of Eden because the Tree of Life, which is the Eucharist, and the River of Life, which is baptism, are extended everywhere throughout the globe, everywhere where there is a Catholic Church. It's really incredible. So then 
looking at the Song of Songs again, how do we see God as the beloved bridegroom? Indeed. So the beloved, of course, the word for beloved is David in Hebrew. And we can see that there's this theme that we're all very familiar with from the prophets like Hosea and Isaiah of God as husband and Israel as wife. But oftentimes in the Bible, uh, the Davidic king or the son of David as sacred king, he was kind of a stand-in for God, and he represented uh, God's what you might call husbandly or, or bridegroom nature. And so we see, for example, in Second Samuel 5, when David first becomes king of Israel, they come to him and the, the Israelites come to him and say, we are your bone and flesh, echoing the words of Adam and Eve's relationship from Genesis 2. And um, Psalm 45 portrays the son of David as this very desirable bridegroom, all dressed in wonderful robes and smelling great with all kinds of uh, cologne, as it were. Mm -hmm. And uh, it even refers to him as God at one point. It says, your throne, O God, shall endure forever. And that's kind of provocative, but it's anticipating, of course, a time when the son of David, the king, is actually going to be God and going to be our bridegroom. And when we see Jesus wrapped in robes of linen and, and smothered in, in the cologne of myrrh and aloes in, uh, in John 19 and laid in the womb of the earth in the holy sepulcher at his death, we recognize that, oh, Jesus now is the one greater than Solomon the most desirable bridegroom who's giving his body for his bride, the church. Wow. We'll leave it there and uh, look forward to the next time when we discuss the Song of Songs in the Temple of the Body, which uh, yeah. is another super interesting insight into the Song of Songs that you can read about in Love Basics for Catholics, which you can find linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We've been talking to Dr. John Bergsma. Doc, thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you next time. I look forward to it. All right, 17 past. We got traffic and weather coming up next. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Tis the season for iced tea. If you're looking for some unique flavors to enjoy, the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of options, including lemongrass mint, ginger orange, and blossoming jasmine. 
Go check them out through our link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. And when you make a purchase, we earn a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a mug or etched travel mug, which are available in our online store. Get your mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee for tea at sunrisemorningshow.com. EWTN is everywhere. EWTN radio programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio stations. It's a great teaching tool for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNradio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN, the global Catholic network. Just to Did I say traffic and weather? Around this time during our local hour, we do local traffic and weather. And Anna Mitchell, since you said it, now you have to give weather reports and traffic reports for every <laughs> for single affiliate nation. of the 400 affiliates. <laughs> you got to tell us where the traffic is. I'm betting traffic our is pretty bad. Our listeners in Billings, Montana need to know the traffic <laughs> and weather for that. I mean, there's... Uh, if you want to know Cincinnati traffic, I can pull that up for you. We're on But that's about... It's about where I am. Traffic looking fine in Cincinnati right now. Actually. There's your one I just pulled report. up the yeah, I just pulled up the, the map. What's what are the headlines? <laughs> the Federal Reserve has decided to raise interest rates by a quarter of a po- of a point again. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem has said Christians in the Holy Land do not need special protection, just respect for their rights as vandalism continues against Christian churches there. And the president of the World Youth Day Foundation recently paid a visit to Bethlehem to visit young people in the Holy Land unable to travel to Lisbon next week. Next newscast at half past the hour, about 10 minutes from now. Uh, Anna Mitchell. Um, You're going to tell uh, me about your cake. My, we got a cake. Uh, my son made the cake from scratch. Ooh. He made the cake part and the icing part, and he piped the design on top of it. You know what wow. he made me? What? He made me a Cincinnati Reds baseball <gasps> cake. It's a round Aww. cake, white, and it's like got the little baseball seams on it and a Cincinnati Reds C in the middle of it. On the side of it, he put my age, which is <clears throat> 44 years old. Nice. 44, also the number of Ellie de la Ellie Cruz. Ellie de la Cruz. Maybe a de la Cruz birthday cake. Wow. Pretty Good cool. Good Thanks, man. Now, Sacred Heart Radio has our own smart speaker channel. Playing Sacred Heart Radio. Yes, now when you ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio, it will immediately play our stream without some of the inappropriate commercial content that you had to sit through from the tune-in connection. So, at any time of the day or night, to hear Sacred Heart Radio loud and clear, ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati, answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. 
In hundreds of counties in Appalachia and the South, there is no Catholic presence. There are no priests, brothers, sisters, or lay ministers. The less than 1% of the population that is Catholic often struggles to participate in the life of the church. Glen Mary Home Missioners is the only Catholic community exclusively committed to serving this part of the United States. To learn more about joining Glen Mary Missioners in this mission, visit glenmary.org. That's glenmary.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Father Philip LeRae from Humanity 2.0 and uh, with the increasing news about artificial intelligence in just about every area of life. It's always great to have these conversations and figure out where the church stands and what it means to be a human being. Father, welcome back. Good morning, Matt. Great to be back. I feel like every morning I wake up to about 20 new ethical issues related to artificial intelligence, Uh, but this one has to do with um, AI and patents. So we see that uh, AI can uh, be programmed, as it were, to solve problems, and some of those problems may be things that don't already have patents on them, uh, the the problem solution, that is. Uh, can an AI uh, – well, I guess you, if, if you could start us off, like where's the conversation on if an AI can be granted its own patent for, quote-unquote, being an inventor? It depends on what country you're talking about. Actually, the case that we are looking at uh, has – been given a patent in South Africa, but it's been denied so far in the U.S., and the inventor of the AI is going to the Supreme Court, and I think he'll lose the case. But I'm not a lawyer. I mean, you have to understand the complexities of the the laws involved. But from what I gathered, it's because the AI does not have a legal status. It's not a legal entity. So it it really doesn't they're not too concerned about the AI per se, but what is its legal status? Now, copyright is different because copyright is recognized automatically without legal status. And so he may win that uh, argument. Uh, that, and I know in France, AIs have come up with uh, pictures and there's even one that wrote a play. Uh, there's one that wrote a symphony and they have – copyrights give it to the AI. So as we go on and as these AIs get better and better and more creative, this is going to be a huge argument. So if you would like philosophically, are we going to treat AIs as if they were conscious, as if they were able to create something and then recognize their right over their own creation? And uh, Matt, I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, I don't know where the the courts are going to go on that, but I do know that that raises a whole bunch of different kinds of problems because let's say a guy wants to program a robot girlfriend <laughs> and marry them. You can't yeah. marry them unless they have rights and legal standing as a as a person, right? I mean, this opens all kinds of doors. Exactly. And Ray Kurzweil says once general AI gets to the point where it simulates a conscious human being, we are probably going to grant it rights. Now, what, you know, what, 
Ray says simulate. He says it doesn't have to be conscious because I don't think AIs will ever be conscious or self-conscious, probably the better word. But it can simulate that to such an extent that we will grant it. We will recognize that it has rights just like we do. And so that's going to be fascinating. Let, let me give you a quick example. Uh, Google came up with the technology for self-driving cars, and it's been around for a long time. Now, the reason that this has not become mainstream is because it's very difficult to decide who's responsible for an accident. In one of these self-driving cars, there is no uh, driver. It, it, there is, there's no steering wheel, in fact, and it gets in an accident. Who's responsible? And Elon Musk had this problem, too, uh, when someone even actually died in a, a self-driving Tesla car. Is Who's responsible? Is it the owner of the car? So you, you buy the self-driving car, you get in an accident, someone dies. Are you going to jail? Is it Google that created the car? Uh you know, it's it, it, it. I don't think there's a, an answer to that yet. And so I think that's why some cities like Phoenix, Arizona, has allowed self-driving cars. Others, I think, are saying, wait, until we figure out the legal ramifications, we can't let this technology get out there. So Elon, for example, has self-driving cars, but he makes it 98% self-driving. And so the, the owner is still 2% responsible. So that that's what the how he solves the legal problem. But well, you're right. It's getting it's getting complex out there. It's getting super complex, and uh, this is why we kind of have to keep on going back to this idea that no matter how um, convincing these things will be, uh, you know, we're not we haven't created the technology to create a robot soul, <laughs> as, as it were. Um, but you've brought up an interesting question because you know the legal things, uh, you know, that's 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 one aspect of it. But you know, you and I are practicing Catholics, and uh, I got to attend to my own sins, and if they are mortal, it is because they have met three conditions, right? Uh, grave matter, full knowledge, deliberate consent. It seems to me, and I'm, I haven't thought this all the way through as I'm asking it, but you, uh, 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 an AI could certainly engage in something that would be grave matter. It may even through its programming have sort of an internal knowledge of the gravity of the matter, but consent is a really, I would think, a very difficult thing to think about in terms of programming. I mean, not that a robot can, like, go to confession and be absolved, but, I mean, these are, I don't even know what I'm asking yeah. here. I mean, it's so complicated. Well, I'm just waiting for someone to bring me a robot and say, can you baptize this, Father? Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't know what to say. I'll but anyway. What, they're not going to ask you to baptize it, but they may ask you to marry it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great talking with you, Matt. All right. Well, thank you so much, Father Philip Luray. And we continue to look at these issues. And it's a reminder of why important it is, uh, why, why it is so important to understand what it means to be a human being made in the image of God. So uh, as we try and play God a little bit with some of this AI stuff. You can find Father Philip Loray and all of our guests linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Again, that's sonrisemorningshow.com. Enter your email address when you're there, and you can get show notes delivered to your inbox daily, including uh, prayers that we use at the beginning of the hour, recipes from Rita Heikenfeld, and a whole lot more. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. 
Good morning. The Federal Reserve is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year. That's what Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told reporters after the central bank raised interest rates by another quarter of a percentage point yesterday. He said inflation has moderated, but there's still a, quote, long way to go to get it down to their 2% goal. Officials pushed rates to their highest level since 2001 yesterday while leaving the door open for future rate increases as well. This is the 11th rate hike since March of 2022. It does follow a pause last month. The massive heat wave continues today, putting more than 140 million Americans under heat alerts. Temperatures could close in on triple digits in places like New York City and Washington, D.C., while Potentially dangerous heat starts to spread into the Midwest. Missouri, Iowa, and Indiana are all under advisories, while areas like Miami, El Paso, and Phoenix continue to roast. The White House is not saying much after Hunter Biden's plea deal involving tax and gun charges hit a snag yesterday. Mark Mayfield reports. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked several times about the case involving the president's son, but only said he's a private citizen and that it's a personal matter. She added that the president and first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. Hunter was expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay income taxes as part of a deal announced last month with the DOJ. But the judge said she was not ready to accept the deal and asked both sides to file additional briefs explaining the plea deal's legal structuring. The hearing ended with Hunter Biden pleading not guilty. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Department of Justice is filing paperwork asking a judge to order Texas Governor Greg Abbott to have a floating barrier in the Rio Grande removed. DOJ attorneys asked the court to order the barrier removed along with anything used to anchor it. They also asked the state of Texas not to install any future barriers while the case is pending. Earlier this week, the DOJ sued the state of Texas over this floating barrier. There will be a briefing today at the Holy See for plans for the Pope's visit to Portugal next week for World Youth Day. The Holy Father will be joining young people for the events in Lisbon, which run from August 2nd through the 6th. The president of the World Youth Day Foundation recently paid a visit to young people in the Holy Land who are unable to travel to Lisbon next week. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. The General Secretariat of Christian Youth in Palestine organized a mass in Bethlehem on the 22nd of July, presided over by the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal-elect Pierre Battista Pitabala, with Cardinal-elect Aguiar. The Holy Father has repeatedly made appeals for an end to the ongoing violence in the region and for peacemaking efforts, constantly expressing his closeness to those suffering. The future Cardinal cited reasons for his visit to the Holy land, including the Pope's words of advice. Cardinal-elect Aguiar said the first reason is to fulfill a promise I made to the young people who came from the Holy Land to Lisbon to prepare for the pilgrimage. I told them that before the World Youth Day, I would find time to visit them, and here I am. The other reason, he said, involves what Pope Francis has always told me. Don't forget those who cannot come to Lisbon. I made that effort, he said. The future cardinal had also made a special visit to bring his closeness to young Ukrainian faithful earlier this month. Cardinal designated 
Ahmed Aguiar said that these young people are an example. Because of their resilience, he said, they are able to overcome all the obstacles we see, dialogue and encounter, despite everything, he said, are possible. In his homily, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal-elect Pizzabala, referred to the large participation of the young people from the Holy Land this year in the World Youth Day, noting they estimate some 90 from Jordan, 50 from Galilee, 200 from Palestine, and 20 for the first time from Cyprus. The Patriarch invited the young Catholics to invest their time in doing good, despite the many injustices they witness in their lives. Cardinal Aguirre also visited some of the craft workshops that made thousands of rosary beads to be distributed to World Youth Day participants. This project, carried out by Caritas Jerusalem, provided employment for many families in the city of Bethlehem. I'm Deborah Castellano Lubav. MasterCard no longer allowing credit card purchases of cannabis products, saying the federal government still considers these sales to be illegal. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. The podcast of the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith lets you replay and share an interview. They even have markers to help you find the interview quickly. Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast are in the daily show notes at sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Thursday, July the 27th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nachman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Online at skpha.com. Going to be swelteringly hot today under a heat advisory again. Right now, temperatures in the mid-70s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, partly cloudy, hot, and humid with afternoon storms and a high of 94 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight and humid with an overnight low of 75. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 98. It'll feel like uh, above 100. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, partly cloudy with scattered showers and storms this afternoon. A high of 94. Partly cloudy with a few showers or storms possible tonight. An overnight low of 75. Partly cloudy with a stray shower tomorrow. And a high of 96. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, and Gary Machuda, every time I turn around, he's putting together a new cool resource or a new cool book. And uh, we've been going through and are going to continue to go through his book called The Gospel Truth. And uh, it's how we can know what Christ taught. Turns out you can actually know that. Gary, good morning. Morning, Matt. So your first chapter is uh, titled Something Happened. So, uh, in regard to the something that happened, I, I think that it's something that we kind of all know. But what what is the significance? Why do you uh, kind of bring this 
uh, open by really talking about the gospel truth as surrounding like an event that really did happen. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've come to the conviction that we're at a point in today's society where most people don't even know who Jesus is. Uh, they may have heard his name probably in some bad context, but they don't really understand who he is, and even more important, why is he important? Why should you even care about what he said or did? And so what I wanted to do, I, w- I wanted to kind of make this book a soup to nuts type book where it's available to non-believers who are maybe interested in, in Christianity and also Catholics and Protestants and, and Christians who want to defend the gospel. So the first thing I needed to address was why is Jesus important and and why should we even focus on this particular figure? So, uh, you know, I thought the best way to do that is to show there's something strange that happened in first century Judea that kind of affects all of human history, and it surrounds this this uh, rabbi named Jesus. Well, and I love the way that you, you talk about this, that it happened. It's, you know, we— We'll live 2,000 years removed from the historical events of this, and uh, so for us, uh, Jesus becoming incarnate and dying and rising is something that always has been. I mean, what a thing to think about, uh, to be in a situation to have been alive in that time before it happened, and then to witness it happen. I mean, it's weird, but this is the reason that Luke's gospel starts the way that it does, by telling you what year what politician was in charge of what region it seems like meaningless details but it's really kind of get your mind getting your mind to, to wrap around the idea that this happened um like it is a real historical event yeah yeah and yeah exactly and it still reverberates today i know in fact uh matt one of the the things i like to throw out to people is do you know there's an ongoing miracle that's observable to everybody around the world that you could verify right now that uh, most people don't even realize? And that is the fact that we have the Catholic Church that's spread throughout the world. And this has been around for 2,000 years, you know, and it's, which goes against every, uh, every expectation, you know, that some, something could persist, a, a government, a teaching, a church through all these times, you know, in spite of all the sinfulness, in spite of all its enemies. And, uh, you know, why does this church still exist? Well, you know, and then in the book I I go to, well, there was this prophecy that was known by pagans and Jews in the early uh, centuries that there would be a ruler that would arise from Judah, and uh, he would be the governor of the inhabitable earth. You know, all the earth would be under his dominion. And so you just had to put two and two together, you know, who fulfilled that prophecy. And the only contender really is Jesus. Well, you talk about this uh, in, in light of, you know, Jewish prophecy, in light of the, um, the, the situation in the Roman Empire, uh, in light of how the Romans were kind of trying to figure out what the Jews were, were hoping for and how that, you know, shaped the way that they governed this little strange piece of the Roman Empire where, uh, you know, the children of Israel were living. But, you know, it is interesting, and you point this out at the end of your chapter here, that there are a lot of uh, ancient histories out there, right? There are also a lot of religious texts out there. In what way 
do the Gospels kind of help you know synthesize the idea of telling an ancient history with the idea of promoting a religious text? Because you've got really kind of both of those things happening in the Gospels. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what makes the Gospels very interesting. Of course, you know, in the ancient world, you have Homer, uh, and they were considered sacred texts too. You know, and it is a quasi history. But you know, the the Gospels again are these strange books that actually fall more in the category of uh, contemporary biography, um, and with a little bit of history, you know, ancient contemporary history as well. And so, you know, I started off the book saying, okay, this strange figure that seems to have impacted human history and still does, uh, we have some documents from him. And the documents appear to be biographical and uh, contemporary history. So, you know, that's when I invite people, hey, let's take a look at these documents that are called the Gospels and see what they have to say about whether or not – there was an effort to pass on accurate information about this this person named Jesus of Nazareth. You know, what's fascinating, and we're going to get into the reliability of the Gospels in future chapters and that sort of thing, but it is interesting that if an archaeologist were to find something today that's an inscription of something that is claimed to have happened uh, in some era when somebody was king of something and some story is told of a governor interacting with somebody or a person interacting with another person, the immediate assumption would be like, oh, wow, we now know what this person in this era was doing. (laughs) And, you know, in some ways, because Scripture is so familiar to us and so widespread, uh, you know, modern academia and the popular mind tends to think the exact opposite about the most enduring and most widespread account, uh, and in this case, firsthand account of these events, it is incredible. Um, I mean that this is this is not stuff that is written by people. I mean, even some of the Old Testament stories were like, oh, maybe this was written hundreds of years after the actual events. In the case of the Gospels, we got eyewitness accounts. Yeah, yeah, and that's very different from uh, you know. There's this figure Apollonius of Tyana, who uh, was a purported uh, wonder worker that lived in the first century. And his account was written like a couple of hundred years after he lived, and it tells lots of uh, obvious fables and fabrications and so on. And yet, you know, atheists and, and non-believers today will, will say, you know, hey, this is a real figure, and he's just like Jesus, so Jesus isn't important. But uh, like you said, uh, there's evidence that this is extremely early and that there really was a concerted effort to accurately record what Jesus said and did. Well, I can have reasonable conversations with people who disagree with the principles of Christianity or with people who say, I don't believe that Jesus was a good teacher or I don't believe that Jesus did all these miracles or I believe that people, you know, embellished their experience of him. It's a little bit harder to swallow the argument from somebody who says Jesus of Nazareth did not exist because we kind of got some pretty strong evidence that he did. (laughs) So um, in regard to the uh, reliability of the accounts of what he did, we're going to get into that. And I'm really excited to get into that in future weeks. But Gary uh, Machuda, if our listeners want to find your book, we've got hands-on apologetics linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. 
All right, it's a quarter till. We're back with headlines right after this. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Do you use a single brew coffee maker at your home or in your workplace? The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have single-use coffee pods especially for you. Go to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sunrisemorningshow.com, to browse the Monk Shot options. When you check out, we'll earn a commission. And why not brew it straight into a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug? You can find those in our online store. Buy a mug and link for some Monk Shots for your Keurig at sonrisemorningshow.com. Wherever you are in the world, you can access the EWTN Global Catholic Network. It's everywhere. You can get EWTN's great Catholic programming on your car radio, at home on your TV, computer, or smart speaker. With EWTN's app, you can take EWTN everywhere on your phone or mobile device. If you want your news in print, turn to EWTN's paper of record, the National Catholic Register. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Today on More to Life, carrying your cross. Challenges wearing you down. Let us help you rise up again. That's today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Andrew Pettiford now joining us, former Episcopal priest uh, who entered the Catholic Church a few years back uh, and has written for all kinds of groups along the way uh, since becoming Catholic, including the Word on Fire, Catholic World Report, and others. Andrew, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back with you, Matt. All right. So I want to focus today on the tradition uh, through which you came on your way to the Catholic Church. That is the, the Anglican Communion. Of course, you were an Episcopalian. On this question of what the church, the Catholic Church says about contraception and all that, uh, what was the progression of ideas in the Episcopalian Church, and where did all that come from, and how was it decided? Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question, Matt. You know, like you, I, as you just said, I came into full communion with the Catholic Church from uh, from Protestantism, and I always assumed when I was a Protestant, if I saw a big van full of children, that they were Catholics. You know, because Catholics. Uh, if, if anybody was going to have a big family, it would be Catholics, and Protestants tended to have smaller families. But, of course, that didn't used to be the case. It used to be the case that Protestants had big families, too. Um, but what happened was Protestants, in particular Anglicans, the Anglican Communion, the Church of England, the Episcopal Church, kind of led the way in normalizing contraception. It began in 1930, way back in 1930, at a gathering called the Lambeth Conference, which is a, a gathering that the bishops of the Anglican Communion have every 10 years to debate different aspects of the Church's life. And at that 
gathering, um, that was the first time that um, any group of Christians on earth made um, a kind of exception for uh, the use of artificial contraception. Now, this was meant to be um, uh, an exception used in very limited cases only among married couples. And in fact, there's even an episode of the show Downton Abbey where um, a character in the 1930s, shortly after when this conference would have been, goes to a drugstore to try to procure some contraception and is asked all kinds of invasive questions because it was not meant to be universally practiced. But of course, what happens is once you um, crack the door open a little bit, then it's easy to kick it in the rest of the way. 20 years later or so, you have um, not only bishops in the Anglican Communion, but all kinds of Protestant leaders, including even Billy Graham, talking about the problem of overpopulation, actually not only the permissibility of contraception, but the moral duty of some families to use contraception to reduce the population. It, it was a slippery slope. The old slippery slope argument is, is a real thing. And um, unfortunately, it was my former tradition of Anglicanism that kind of led the way for uh, the rest of, of Christianity towards uh, quite down this slope. Well, what's, what's fascinating about this is I grew up in the sort of Wesleyan holiness tradition, the I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't run around with the girls who do kind of Christianity. And this was like not even a moral question. It was oh, yeah. a, a question of stewardship, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if anybody had more than the rest of the congregation thought was, if, if, if it looked like somebody was going on the bounds of their, beyond the bounds of their own, you know, ability to be good stewards, you know, they'd get kind of whispered about. There was no question of, of, of morality, but you, you, you'll sometimes hear people who are, you know, trying to uphold Catholic teaching talk about this watershed moment in 1930 uh, at the Lambeth Conference where the Anglican Communion opens the door to this. But I went back through and read the documents and the statements, and it is shockingly small. This is not like an earth-shaking thing. You don't really see like a massive turning of the tide in that moment like you would expect to see. Right, but it's, you know, it's the the small ground game in in a sense, isn't it? I mean, the you know, this under, underlines one of the problems with Protestantism, in a sense, is that, you know, if if ultimately, even though it's grounded in these principles and it's, it's meant to be, you know, uh, done in in the holiest of ways, it's still ultimately my conscience is is the authority, um, rather than a living authority that imposes something upon me, imposes obligations upon me, and. You know, this was really, I think, at the heart of what uh, the Church was wrestling with in the late 60s when Pope Paul VI finally um, weighed in on the matter in his kind of infamous encyclical letter um, on our famous uh, Humani Vitae, of course. Humani Vitae. Uh, yeah, uh, where, you know, and, you know, that was such a shocking and controversial thing, even for people who were uh, in the Catholic Church uh, at the time. But it was it was Pope Paul VI, in a sense, like saying the Catholic Church doesn't work according to the principle where you're your own authority, even if you have a well-formed conscience um, with regard to these matter, matters of morality. The, you know, the, the Church needs to be there to set the tone for the rest of us so that we know how to live our lives. And um, it created this real watershed moment in the midst of what we're now, we now call the sexual revolution, where, as you say, in almost every other aspect of life on Earth, at least in the Christian world, artificial contraception had become completely non-controversial. And, and in fact, it was even something to be encouraged. But, um, but Paul VI and the Catholic Church decided, no, um, the same principles that have applied throughout, throughout history uh, that um, conform to the, 
the natural law obtain even now um, that we, we can't, you know, adapt our understanding of what sex is for um, simply because we, you know, we, we find that we have the means at our disposal to limit that. So, yeah, it, it, the, the path was blazed by the Anglican Communion, but in some respects, the Catholic Church was able to, in, in um, the words of the, the famous Catholic conservative commentator, William F. Buckley, uh, they, the Catholic Church decided to stand athwart history and yell, stop. All right, so you ready for a lightning round? Yeah. All right. I've looked through this document. I found some other stuff that the, the Lambeth Conference of 1930 said, and you tell me if the Anglican Communion still holds these things widely. Okay. Because it held them when it, when it made this tiny shift. And a simple kind of yes, no, or sort of will work. All right, you ready? <laughs> okay. Uh, the conference recommends that the marriage of one whose former partner is still living should not be celebrated according to the rites of the church. So someone who is legally divorced could not get, be remarried in the church. Uh, no, the, the Anglican Communion does not still hold doesn't that. Hold, doesn't hold, still hold that. No. Uh, the primary purpose for which marriage exists is the procreation of children. Uh, no, I, I would not say that's a very common view in the Anglican Communion or an official teaching. The conference further records its abhorrence of the sinful practice of abortion. Uh, no, sadly uh, the conference admits that economic conditions are a serious factor in the situation, but it condemns the propaganda that treats conception control as a way of fixing social and economic problems. No, sadly. Sexual intercourse between persons who are not legally married is a grievous sin. No, I don't think that would be a very common view these days. All right, I'm going to do one more, but this isn't about sex. Okay. This is resolution one of the document. We believe the Christian Church is the repository and trustee of a revelation of God given by himself, which all members of the Church are bound to transmit to others, and that every member of the Church, both clerical and lay, is called to be a channel through which the divine life flows for the quickening of all mankind. That's a beautiful sentiment. I, I hope that some of my uh, former colleagues and friends and family in the Anglican Communion believe that. Uh, but it, as we've described, there's a, a slippery slope away from, from sound uh, theological truth uh, when moral doctrine is compromised. All right. Well, thanks so much, Andrew Pettiprin, for uh, weighing in with that perspective this morning. You can find Andrew linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, along with all kinds of other great stuff. Uh, some of you put in, Anna Mitchell, I don't know if you read our Facebook page yesterday after the show, <laughs> but for the Feast of Saints, Joe, Kim, and Ann, we asked people to say what their grandparents, what they called their grandparents, or what yeah, their yeah, grandparents yeah. called them. There are some epic answers. What's your favorite? I mean, there's some Mimi's in there. There's some Mamas. I can't remember if I saw a Gam Gam. Gam There's some Gam. good answers. You guys have weird names for your families, but you know what? My it's favorite family, is so Susu. Enjoy yeah. your grandparents. Yeah, I'm going to go weekend. see them tomorrow. Happy birthday, Matt. Thank you, Anna Mitchell. Happy birthday to you, too. It's not my birthday. Oh, wait. Until tomorrow, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, when Russell Shaw will discuss his book, Revitalizing Catholicism in America. Dr. Jennifer Robat Morse will share the news from the Ruth Institute. I will reflect on the life of St. Martha in the Bible. There's frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. I'm Father Chet Artishevitz of the Glen Mary Home Missioners, and thank you so much for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Thursday, the 27th of July, praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we put our trust in you. You led your people through the sea dry shod. Let us put our trust in you as you lead us through this day's challenges. You fed your people in the desert. Let us hear your word of life amid the noise of our busy lives today. You gave your people water from the rock. Let us drink from the fountain of life and not from bitter and polluted waters. O Lord our God, you sent into the midst of faithless humanity the living bread, your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to nourish and strengthen us on the road. Through the mystery of the cross, you poured forth upon us the Spirit, the water of life. Have mercy on our lack of trust, and lead us in your ways today through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. It is a better way 
to start a Thursday, the Sunrise Morning Show here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. He's also got a look at sports. And I don't know about you, best birthday present I could get today is being done with the Brewers for the rest of the regular season. My goodness. We talk about some stressful. Every single Brewers game has just stressed me out a lot. I'm glad to see him go. I'm glad to see us go from them. Danielle Bean will be along this hour. Of course, you know her for her many projects, and she has always great insights into family life. Catherine Hadro, you may recall, from EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, and she's got a new project with the Magus Institute on faith and reason that looks awesome. It looks really cool, and we're going to talk to her about that. And then Father Thomas Berg will join us to discuss a child protection report from the USCCB. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it's two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The Federal Reserve is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year. That's what Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told reporters yesterday after the central bank raised interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point at the end of their two-day meeting. He said inflation has moderated, but there's still a, quote, long way to go to get it down to the 2% goal. Officials pushed rates to their highest level since 2001 while leaving the door open for future rate increases. It is the 11th rate hike since March of 2022, and it follows a pause that took place last month. More than 100 million people across the United States are now under heat alerts. Mark Mayfield reports. Officials say that record-breaking temperatures will continue in the southwest because of a heat dome that's staying over the region. The heat wave will affect the northern part of the country this week, with New York City expecting record highs in the upper 90s on Thursday and Friday. Officials say that Philadelphia, Boston, and Washington, D.C. could experience dangerous heat, with the temperatures reaching the triple digits. I'm Mark Mayfield. Hunter Biden has pleaded not guilty to federal tax charges after a judge rejected a proposed plea deal. Prosecutors and defense lawyers tried to put together a revised plea deal after a disagreement over the original. The original deal had appeared to fall apart after the judge asked prosecutors if it provided immunity for any future charges related to Hunter Biden's business dealings. After the prosecutor said it did not, defense attorneys then said... There was no deal. Lawyers had reportedly agreed to a revised deal, but the judge said she was not ready to accept it. Both sides were asked by the judge to file briefs explaining the legal structuring of the new plea deal. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem says Christians in the Holy Land do not need special protection, but only respect for their basic rights. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. Vandalisms targeting churches, cemeteries and Christian properties, in addition to physical and verbal abuse against Christian clergy, have seen an upsurge in Israel in the past months amid ongoing political tensions within Israeli society and re-escalation of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The most recent incidents have seen extremist Jews attempting to occupy churches in Haifa. 
Speaking to Vatican News, Cardinal-elect Pier Battista Pizzaballa confirmed that acts of religious intolerance are not new in Israel, but have significantly increased in recent times, especially in Jerusalem. According to the Latin Patriarch, the violence involves new generations of Israeli settlers in the occupied territories who have grown in a social-political context of violence and polarization fueled by some extremist religious leaders. The situation, said the Patriarch, is making Christian communities more and more nervous. However, he said Christians in the Holy Land don't want special protections, but only respect of the fundamental rights that a democratic state should guarantee to all its communities. Although the current Israeli government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is not per se anti-Christian, Patriarch Pizzaballa noted it has contributed to create a climate of tension and animosity in some circles of Israeli society. However, he said there are reasons of hope because these incidents have spurred strong reactions even from Jewish religious leaders. I believe that over time this awareness of the problem will bear fruit, the patriarch said. I am Lisa Zengarini. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. You can find them online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. I agree with how you tossed that to me, Anna Mitchell. There's just a little bit of hesitation like, uh. I know. <sighs> well, <sighs> let's get to it. The uh, Reds lost to the Brewers. Uh, just a, a disappointing loss as well. Uh, four, three to nothing final score. They got shut out. And uh, Ben Lively really pitched well until he didn't pitch well. He gave up a two-run homer. But, no, he did pitch well. Uh, Reds will uh, take an off day, sit a game and a half behind Milwaukee, and uh, we'll now play the Dodgers out west. That should be interesting. Dodgers are uh, gearing up for um, a go. How about this? The Angels are uh, taking Shohei Otani off the trade market. That is kind of a bummer. Sports Illustrated's Tom Verducci reports. Otani will not be moved by the deadline. Uh, it has been mentioned in numerous uh, rumors that the two-way superstar who is uh, set to hit free agency at the end of the year would be dealt. Would have been cool. Uh, it was also talked about that maybe, maybe, just maybe, he would have he would have landed here in Cincinnati. Are you serious? Not the case. I yeah. don't believe that would have happened. Well, get this. Uh, how about this? Bengals training camp mm-hmm. uh, got off to a hot start. Uh, it has been reported that Orlando Brown and Trey Hendrickson were in the middle of a mini scruffle. That is, I, I did the bunny ears with my fingers Eight. there. Yeah. Uh, that broke out about an hour after practice started. Uh, it was quickly settled. Um, you know, bygones be bygones. You know, they, they said uh, everything's good. But, uh, you know, that's good. It's good to see. You know, a little bit a little of passion. A little bit of fight in these guys already. You know, it, okay. it starts now. I was going to say, so why I, is this news? Well, I, well, <laughs> get this. So uh, they, uh, they do have uh, practice, which is open to the public. Mm-hmm. So if you are in the downtown area, one thirty, cool. uh, you know, maybe maybe that was uh, a little bit scripted and kind of, you know, like a little bit of, oh, a little you know, WWF little WWF. Yeah, I was just about to say that a little little like, mm-hmm. hey, get get some people down here. You know, maybe, anything can happen here in the NFL. Right. See some pushing and shoving some. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's hot out there, too. You're going to tell us about how warm it is. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> yeah. Right after you tell us about the traffic, which is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton. On the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. 
What's the uh, traffic look like again? Um, it's not terrible. You are making reference. If you weren't listening about this time last hour, I told the national audience that I was going to come up next with traffic and weather, which was a total lie. I didn't mean to lie, but it was one. Anyway, exit ramp blocked on eastbound 275 at the 7175 interchange because of an earlier vehicle fire. So keep that in mind. Uh, northbound 7175 is running slow from just before the 275 interchange up to the cut in the hill. Southbound 75, you are on the brakes as you head through the Lachlan split. Now for weather, as Paul was saying, it's going to be hot today. Part cloudy, hot and humid in Cincinnati. Chance for some afternoon storms and high winds with a high today of 94 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight, muggy with an overnight low of 75. Mostly sunny tomorrow, a high of 98. The feels like temperature will be between will be between 102 and 106. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, partial cloudiness today with scattered showers and thunderstorms this afternoon, a high of 94. Partly cloudy tonight with a few evening showers or storms possible and an overnight low of 75. Partly cloudy tomorrow with a stray shower or storm possible and high of 96 degrees. You know, we had a representative on from St. Vincent de Paul recently to talk about the fan and air conditioner drive. And at the time that we were talking to Sonny was not terrible in terms of temperatures. You know, it was hot, but not like crazy hot. And now it is crazy hot. And there are people out there that could really use a box fan, believe it or not, or could really, really use if they have health problems, really use an air conditioner, a window unit for air quality purposes and to cool down, of course, um, make a donation over at SVDPCincinnati.org to uh, provide that for somebody who needs it. Today is Thursday, July the 27th. It's Matt's birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Paul, you're looking at me like... Can you talk to Matt for a little bit? Yeah, I can I talk to Matt yeah. for a little bit. Hey, Matt, happy birthday. I is think Paul we... forgot to get Danielle on the line. You're just wishing me a happy birthday because we don't have Danielle yet. Well, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just uh, during Paul's sports report. I was watching Joey Votto roast uh, roast Mad Dog on ESPN uh, because he was making fun of the Reds for being a small market town. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, Joey Votto gave me a wonderful birthday present in, in responding. Um, maybe the Reds can give us a birthday present by uh, by making up some games on the Brewers. My goodness, Anna Mitchell, I'm ready to see the Brew Crew exit town. I know, right? I like the idea of the Reds being relevant into the fall so that I don't have to shift my rivalry conversation to us as Bengals fans talking about how terrible uh, the prospects are of the Pittsburgh Steelers ever climbing out of the basement of the AFC North ever again. Gee, I wonder why he mentioned that just now. Yes, we do have Danielle on here. Just, oh, I'm sorry. Then strike my comments from the record. 
Hi, Danielle. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. <laughs> <laughs> it's Matt's birthday. Just cut oh, him a little happy slack. birthday, Matt. That's fantastic. All right. We're going to reset here. Danielle Bean joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. You can find her at daniellebean.com. Listen to her girlfriend's podcast through goodcatholic.com. You can join her community at girlfriendscommunity.com. Danielle, it's good to talk to you. You too always like to connect with you. Absolutely. So we are going to be talking about nine things we should do every day. I am pretty sure I do at least four of them. So, nice. So I'm, you're, I, you're off to a great start. I'm off to a good start. <laughs> Almost halfway. Almost halfway there. You know, the first thing I want to say before we get into some of these is that these are not groundbreaking radical ideas, which kind of makes them groundbreaking and radical, Danielle. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I specialize in, the no-duh things, but <laughs> the things that we kind of need to be reminded of on a regular basis. Well, yeah, exactly. And of course, I mean, I think anybody would probably predict the first thing on here is prayer. Right. We all know this, right? And yet, and yet, are you making time for it? Are you making deliberate time for it? Do you have time set aside every day for prayer? Because that's the kind of priority it needs to be. And no matter what else you have going on in your life, you're, you know, you're a brain surgeon on call 24 hours a day and you're raising 16 little preschoolers. <laughs> I, like, whatever you've got going on, you still need to pray like you do. And you need to have time that's set aside every day for it. Might look different every day, might get interrupted 100 times, might be only five minutes, but you do need to make that that priority. And I'm just here to remind you of it. You know, the, the podcast is called Girlfriends because I just want to be that good girlfriend, that voice in your ear that's reminding you to be your better self, reminding you of what your priorities need to be, reminding you why you, God feels far away. And it's because you're not making time for him. But Danielle, my whole day is a prayer. <laughs> oh boy, we've talked about that lie before, haven't yes, we? Yes, <laughs> we have. And that's not to say that that isn't a beautifully true about some people's lives, right? But it can be an excuse that we make when we're busy and when we'd rather not make the effort to set aside time to pray. We just say, oh, my life's a prayer and go on about our business. But if you're not setting aside time deliberately to connect with your creator, then your whole life is not going to be a prayer. You're not going to have that basic connection. Mm -hmm. Now, your second recommendation is just move your body. This is one I'm not very good at prioritizing. Right. Okay. So, and this is the thing I deliberately said, even though it sounds hokey and weird, like move your body. Like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, I deliberately said it that way because it doesn't have to be an official exercise program. And I think sometimes that's the stumbling block for people where they're like, I don't have time to like go to the gym or I'm, you know, I can't change into my running shorts or, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be an official workout program that you're going to do. It's great if you enjoy that and that motivates you and, um, you know, if, if that works for you, but it can be just as simple as just turning up the music and having a dance party in your living room or making sure that you take a break from your work desk and walk around your office or go up and down the stairs three times or do 10 squats while you're, you know, standing in your kitchen loading the dishwasher. How about getting things. off the couch 50 million times to walk into the bathroom and get the baby out of the sink because it's her favorite thing to do is climb onto the toilet and then it into counts. the bathroom sink. Does that count? I love it. Yeah. That's oh, okay, your workout good. program. Fabulous. I love it. <laughs> Asking for a friend. 
I think that's a great workout program, and maybe you could rent her out to people. Um, <laughs> so that, you probably would love to do that. I would love to take her for a day. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> well, is, you know, yeah, I don't want to discount the fact that raising small children is a physically demanding job. Like it absolutely is, and you know, just make sure though that it's not also major points in your day aren't also completely sedentary where you're not getting up at all. Um, you know, just looking for how you spend most of your day. Are you sitting down most of your day or are you on the go? Are there ways you could break up your sitting down times and, you know, be moving more deliberately throughout your day? Yeah. Well, since I just, you know, threw the baby under the bus here, um, <laughs> I'll mention her with another one of your recommendations here, which is, um, so Agnes just learned how to give kisses and every time that Agnes gives a kiss or receives a kiss, uh, the giver or the receiver says, thank you. She's learned how to say thank you as well, which is one of your recommendations uh, for daily use, that, that nice little phrase, thank you. Yes, I love it. Actually, that falls under so many. It's like enjoy something, connect, That's say true. thank you, right? Yeah. All of these things. But yes, saying thank you. Gratitude makes you happy. We forget this, right? We we spiral downward as we're like focusing on our complaints and all the little things that are wrong. But I think daily we should be assessing our, our days and looking at all of our blessings and giving thanks to God for them, being deliberate about doing that. Praying a daily examine is really a wonderful prayer practice that can help you to do that in a deliberate way. And what I've found is that the more you do it, the easier and more natural it becomes to note the good around you and speak it out loud. Speak out loud the good things you see in the people around you. Compliment your kids. Say thank you to your spouse. And, you know, give praise to God for the, the good things that you have. It's really a wonderful way of just bringing more positivity into your day and encouraging others to do, do the same because gratitude is contagious. It is amazing how easy it is to go through a day without saying thank you, Danielle. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's really easy to kind of slip into those bad habits of just focusing on the negative, grumbling, taking for granted the, the good things that you have and, you know, just taking those blessings for granted. So truly, we need to be deliberate about interrupting our thought process and reversing it because as much as we can spiral downward, we can spiral upward as well. So saying thank you is such a simple, positive way to kind of take a step in the right direction. Now, uh, just for time's sake, I'm going to read off the other recommendations you have, and I want to talk to you about one last one. So you've sure. you've talked about connecting, creating, making a healthy swap. This is probably the hardest one on the list for me. Uh, <laughs> going outside and learning something new. And you you mentioned the connection part, and I'm hoping that you can dive into that a little bit more because I think especially with how pervasive our smartphones, how important our smartphones are for us anymore, right. we can really fall into isolation pretty easily. Absolutely. I find that we really need to be deliberate about making real life connections. So yeah, hug your kids, kiss your husband, call a friend, meet a friend for coffee. Hello. Like you have a friend, like meet them yeah. in real life. It's great to keep in touch by text, but make sure that you're having time. And that doesn't mean every single day you have to have time for a coffee date with your friend, but you know, making a gesture like that, being deliberate about making that kind of a gesture toward connecting with other people every single day. Again, this is another one that just can become a habit for you and a healthy habit that really 
encourages you to grow in friendship, to grow in relationship with your husband, with your kids, with your coworkers. We're really meant to be part of a community. God didn't make us as isolated creatures, right? He gave us one another. We're meant to be growing in friendship and community and helping one another on our path toward heaven. So recognize that you have that need for other people and that need for an emotional, physical, spiritual connection with the people in the world around you. And it takes a little bit of effort. And you're right. It takes putting the phone down sometimes. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> well, you can one, do it. <laughs> one thing that, that I really was reflecting on as I, as I looked through this list and sat with it is that all of these are an invitation to participate in the life of God that he, that he gave us, making us in his image and after his likeness. Um, these are just little ways to, to kind of live that imago dei in a, in a fuller way and in a more deliberate way. I encourage folks to go uh, listen to your podcast on this over at goodcatholic.com. You can find Danielle Bean linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Danielle, thanks. Thank you so much. God bless you. You too, thanks. All right, it's 22 past. We're back with Traffic and Weather right after this. For over 90 years, the Jesuit Spiritual Center at Milford has enriched the spiritual lives of youth and adults, offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality. Enter into the silence of a weekend retreat and experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. makes the party and you can find the perfect party foods at bridgetown finer meats a proud supporter of sacred heart radio from mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays bridgetown finer meats can make hosting a party a breeze and choose your wine while you're there the bfm wine shop has high quality wines from all over the world bridgetown finer meats on bridgetown road 513-574-3100 on the web at bridgetownfinermeats.com 23 minutes past the hour, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Not too bad in the Cincinnati area. Northbound 7175 is the worst of it. You'll be slowing from 275 uh, up toward Kyle's Lane. Southbound 75 is still a little bit slow as you're heading through the Lachlan split. Now for weather, it is hot. Partly cloudy, hot, and humid today in Cincinnati. Could see some afternoon storms with a high of 94 today. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 75. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 98. We will feel like we're in the triple digits. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, partly cloudy today with scattered showers and storms this afternoon. A high of 94. Partly cloudy tonight with a few showers or storms possible and an overnight low of 75. Partly cloudy with a stray shower or storm possible tomorrow and high of 96. Catherine Hadro joins us next. It's 24 past. I am Deacon Mike Erb with Coldwell Banker Realty. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio because I am a faithful listener and I'm happy to help you with buying or selling your home. 513-237-8888. That's 513-237-8888. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Brent Hadro from some great work promoting the sanctity of life in uh, all kinds of different media, but she's got a new project called Purpose, Purposeful Lab, and it looks awesome. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, and happy birthday. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Hope all's going well in the uh, Hadro household with you and your Bills fan husband. So we'll <laughs> see you again in the playoffs. We'll see you there. We'll see you there. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these episodes that you put together uh, for the Magus, uh, well, if, uh, let's start with what the Magus Center is and how Purposeful yeah. Lab plays into it. Yeah, thanks for asking, Matt. So the Magus Center really is the leading resource for the intersection of of faith and reason. Um, many listeners may be familiar with Father Robert Spitzer. He's the former president of Gonzaga. He's brilliant um, in his own right. And so we created this podcast, Purposeful Labs, as a podcast for the Maja Center. It's an extension, really, of the work that we're doing. And so uh, the Purposeful Lab is its myself, a journalist, teaming up with a scientist, Dr. Dan Keebler, a biology professor over at Franciscan, and we're exploring and examining the abundant order in the universe. And that's, that's really our, our mission, and I'm so excited that it's launched. Well, there are a lot of people who would say, Catholics, stay in your lane. You take the religion stuff. Uh, you know, the scientists will take the science stuff. When, in fact, we have this extraordinary history that we talk about on this show all the time of Catholics being pioneers in the areas of science. But it's not like science stopped, you know, with the discovery of other planets in the solar system. We're dealing with all kinds of stuff now. Uh, we're dealing with... You know, what do other planets look like? We're dealing with congressional committees trying to figure out if we've had things land on our planet from other places. Like, we continue to explore these questions, and whatever is going to happen, whatever is happening, whatever new discoveries uh, in the world of science, uh, astrophysics, biology, whatever, Catholic Church yeah. is going to have something to say about that. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, a lot of people like to pin faith and science against each other. And my, my colleague, Dr. Dan Keebler, a biology professor, he's in the Society of Catholic Scientists. I mean, he'd be the first one to tell you how they really complement each other. And you look at the history of the Catholic Church, we have scientist saints. But, I mean, Matt, you hit on that UFO hearing that just happened on Capitol Hill yesterday. And just last week on the show, on Purposeful Lab, we had on Dr. Karen Oberg, who's a Harvard University astrochemist. And she talked about this very question. Is it possible that there is extraterrestrial life? If there is, what does that reveal about ourselves um, and our place in the universe. And so really fascinating conversations. She has a fascinating story in and of herself. 
going from agnostic to eventually becoming Catholic and along the way um, pursuing her, her knowledge in science. So exactly, we're having these fascinating conversations from the cosmos down to biology to the human person and human flourishing. Um, I want to be clear that Purposeful Lab, yes, and there's a lot of science involved, but it goes beyond science. We're talking about philosophy and theology as well. We're asking these big questions, and we're not afraid to ask those questions and bring in whomever is the top expert we need to to answer them. Well, I'm glad that you got Dr. Oberg on out of the gates because I had a chance to hang out with her when we recorded her episode of The Journey Home, and a lot of that was through reading C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton. C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Space Trilogy, right? So she's got the theological, the imaginative, and all that stuff, but she also, I think her Ph.D. is in, like, how planets form, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, exactly. this is, you're, you're not pitting faith and reason against one another here at all. I mean, these things can all be part of the same conversation. The same person can engage all those things, because that's what the Catholic church is is meant to do it's meant to engage everything that it means for a human person to be absolutely and i think a huge part of our of our goal here is we're not afraid to ask these big questions um, and to look at that and again when you look closely and when you dig deeper into these questions you can't help but see the abundant order that is there in the cosmos how the planets formed for example the abundant order of evolution, the abundant order of, of physics, and you begin to realize, okay, there must be a purpose here. And what we would propose is, yes, there's a purpose, including a purpose to you and to your design and to the abundant order of your own human body and brain as well. Well, and somebody might say, well, why'd you go from doing pro-life work to doing this? To me, that is pro-life work, exactly what you just said, right? Like, why do we care about life? It's because of all yeah. that stuff that you just articulated. Yeah, I totally agree, and I appreciate you saying that, Matt, because, yes, like, the, the heart of my work this past decade in Catholic media has been, you know, the pro-life movement, but it's been about the dignity of human life. And look around. It's not news for me to say we're having a crisis of purpose today. Look at the, the skyrocketing rates of despair and deaths of despair. These are questions we're all asking. And I myself have asked myself, you know, yeah, what is my purpose? I've grappled with that in various seasons of life. And so I think it's critical work that we're doing. And my, my hope is that as people listen to these conversations and get out of themselves, but then reflect more about themselves, that they'll begin to be in awe and wonder of our Lord and his design and to get excited about what he's created us for. Well, I'm getting excited about this series, even though you've only just had a couple of things that you put out so far. Uh, I can see these being used not just for personal use, but for, you know, people who want to maybe have like a study at their parish on what the church teaches about these things or someone who's a Catholic teacher at a, you know, uh, in the science department at a Catholic school, or maybe a classical ed school who wants to engage what's the Christian tradition of how we look at these questions, or homeschool groups are like a number of different ways that these could be used just because of the approach that you've mentioned. But uh, if our listeners want to go check out Purposeful Universe, uh, how do they do so? Thanks for asking. So go to majacenter.com. You'll find everything there about Purposeful Universe. And please go download this podcast and subscribe. Go to any podcast platform. Look up Purposeful Lab. Make sure to subscribe. And if you 
feel so inclined to give a rating and review as well. But we're also on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch your podcast, um, you can do that as well. But we just hope you come join us. And it doesn't matter where you are in your walk in life of faith or science or what have you. Um, and, and, and listen, I'm there. I'm not a scientist. I'm there to be an ambassador for you, the listener, and to ask some questions to make sure it's accessible for you as well. But go to matracenter.com and make sure to find us on your podcast platform. Well, hey, I can relate to that because I'm not an expert either. I just coax <laughs> other experts into saying stuff on the thing that I'm on. So that's a good one, right? That's a good gig if you can get it. <laughs> Catherine Hadro, exactly. thank you so much. We've got uh, Purposeful Lab linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, and I really encourage people to check it out. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Thanks, Matt. All right. 33 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. The Federal Reserve is no longer forecasting a U.S. recession this year. That's what Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told reporters after the central bank decided to raise interest rates again by a quarter of a percentage point. He said inflation has moderated, but there's still a long way to go to get it down to their goal of 2%. Officials pushed rates to their highest since 2001 and left the door open for future rate increases. The White House is not saying much after Hunter Biden's plea deal involving tax and gun charges hit a snag yesterday. Mark Mayfield reports. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked several times about the case involving the president's son, but only said he's a private citizen and that it's a personal matter. She added that the president and first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. Hunter was expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay income taxes as part of a deal announced last month with the DOJ. But the judge said she was not ready to accept the deal and asked both sides to file additional briefs explaining the plea deal's legal structuring. The hearing ended with Hunter Biden pleading not guilty. I'm Mark Mayfield. There will be a briefing at the Holy See today to reveal plans for the Pope's visit to Portugal next week for World Youth Day. The Holy Father will join young people for the events in Lisbon, which run from August 2nd through the 6th. Meanwhile, the president of the World Youth Day Foundation recently paid a visit to young people in the Holy Land who are unable to travel to Lisbon next week. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. The General Secretariat of Christian Youth in Palestine organized a mass in Bethlehem on the 22nd of July, presided over by the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal-elect Pierre Battista Pitabala, with Cardinal-elect Aguiar. The Holy Father has repeatedly made appeals for an end to the ongoing violence in the region and for peacemaking efforts, constantly expressing his closeness to those suffering. The future Cardinal cited reasons for his visit to the Holy Land including the Pope's words of advice. Cardinal-elect Aguiar said the first reason is to fulfill a promise I made to the young people who came from the Holy Land to Lisbon to prepare for the pilgrimage. I told them that before the World Youth Day, I would find time to visit them, and here I am. The other reason, he said, involves what Pope Francis has always told me. Don't forget those who cannot come to Lisbon. I made that effort, he said. The future cardinal had also made a special visit to bring his closeness to young Ukrainian faithful earlier this month. Cardinal-designate 
David Aguiar said that these young people are an example. Because of their resilience, he said, they are able to overcome all the obstacles we see. Dialogue and encounter, despite everything, he said, are possible. In his homily, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal-elect Pizzabala, referred to the large participation of the young people from the Holy Land this year in the World Youth Day, noting they estimate some 90 from Jordan, 50 from Galilee, 200 from Palestine, and 20 for the first time from Cyprus. The Patriarch invited the young Catholics to invest their time in doing good, despite the many injustices they witness in their lives. Cardinal Aguirre also visited some of the craft workshops that made thousands of rosary beads to be distributed to World Youth Day participants. This project, carried out by Caritas Jerusalem, provided employment for many families in the city of Bethlehem. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. 8.37 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Ackman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Not a uh, good day at the ballpark for the Reds. Reds lose to the Brewers 3 to nothing. A shutout defeat from Milwaukee. Ben, Li- ben Lively, unfortunately, got uh, saddled with the loss after surrendering just two runs. Over eight hits in six-plus innings. Reds fall to 56-48. and 48. That uh, is a game and a half behind Milwaukee for the NL Central. Though uh, the Reds will take an off day today and then will head out west to play the Dodgers tomorrow. Speaking of L.A., the uh, Angels reportedly taking Shohei Otani off the market. The uh, two-way superstar has been mentioned in uh, plenty of rumors, trade rumors, Ahead of the uh, deadline on August 1st, trade deadline, the 29-year-old has been dominating baseball. He has 36 home runs, 77 RBIs, and Otani is also has an 8-5 and five record with a sparkling 371 ERA. That is a look at uh, sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Do you go to sacredheartradio.com to get the show notes? Then you know the show notes is where you'll see the guest featured on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith for today and previous days. And now you can find and hear an interview again just by hovering over the podcast markers. So for the links to the resources you hear about and to hear an interview again, get it by checking out the show notes every day at the new sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. A prayer for priestly vocations. Father, in your plan for our salvation, you provide shepherds for your people. Fill your church with the spirit of courage and love. Raise up worthy ministers for your altars and ardent but gentle servants of the gospel. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For Sacred Heart Radio, 
This is Deacon Bob Schrader. It's 20 till. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Thomas Burke. He's author of a couple of books from our Sunday Visitor, Choosing Forgiveness and Hurting in the Church. Father, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Annie. Good to be with you. It is good to have you. The Committee on Child and Youth Protection recently released its annual report, Findings and Recommendations on the Implementation of the Charter for the Protection of Children and Young People. And I'm very glad that you're here with us to give us your thoughts, given all of your work with survivors of sexual abuse. What were some of the main takeaways from from this year's report from your perspective? Right. Yeah, this is, uh, like you said, it's an annual report. Um, the, the Committee on Child and Youth Protection is a subcommittee within the USCCB, and then they report every year, and they what they report on is an annual independent audit of the dioceses and the eparchies in the U.S. to see if they're in compliance with current church law on norms uh, regarding the protection of minors, and they release this every year. So um, kind of in a nutshell, you know, the the takeaway is that um, this year's report reflects a decrease in um, allegations of abuse. So every year um, there's, you know, kind of a startling number of uh, uh, allegations that are, are brought forward. Um, one of the important takeaways I think that the bishops would want to underline is that um, Generally speaking, new allegations regarding minors, say, in a period, say, since the year 2000, um, are at this point uh, rare. So, for example, this year, uh, allegations involving current minors were um, 16 out of um, a couple thousand allegations that were surfaced um, that go back for years and years. Um, Last year, it was uh, in a period between 20, uh, 2022 and 2000, it was 22 allegations um, involving, you know, recurrent minors. Um, so on the one hand, you, you, we want to say, well, yes, it, it is uh, rare. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, thank God for that, that it's rare, but it's not zero. And, yeah, that's and we exactly can't be content with that. Right. Um, certainly the church has done a, a tremendous amount of work um, in the, since 2002 uh, to, to create safe environments for children. And it's, it's, um, it has made, you know, for, uh, to cause harm, it's, it's made it very, very difficult. Um, but the potential is not completely eliminated. And, uh, you know, so it's not like, you know, there's some acceptable threshold, you know, that we can quote unquote tolerate um, of cases, you know, every, every year. So this is, uh, has to be a constant area of concern and focus and, and work. So even one credible allegation of abuse uh, a year is, you know, it's one allegation too many. Yeah, absolutely. And, can you talk about the language in here? There's a, a line that says uh, the decrease in allegations. It says this decrease is due in large part 
to the resolution of allegations received, and it goes on from there. What what does that mean? So, tip when I, I frankly wish in a document like this there would be different language used, or um, or that within the church, bishops and and other leaders and those involved in this might. Um, perhaps think about this in a different way. So resolution of allegations in this context typically means by one one form or another, there's a monetary um, settlement. There's monetary compensation given to a victim, whether that's resulting from a lawsuit or a compensation program or a uh, bankruptcy um, or settling out of court. Or, so, but, but what we have to remember is that, you know, a monetary compensation to a victim really it 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 for many victims it resolves very little um yeah. uh, so the the idea of, the, of that the allegations are resolved uh we have to be careful about you know the fact is um there's there's a lot more damage that that remains um if you just take one you know any one any given case Right. And you you have to look at the ripple effect, you know, the the kind of the impact crater, um, you know, the dead center. Of course, there's the victim, but then there's the victim family. There's other victims. There's other persons who know the priest perpetrator. There's persons related uh, to the victim. There's parishioners. There's uh, parishioners who know the victim, parishioners who know the priest. There's persons who maybe were not. Uh, maybe they were not submitted to actual sexual abuse, but they suffered grooming from this priest. So there's, you know, there's there's just a kind of concentric circles of harm, um, not to mention, you know, uh, still the psychological um, after effects that a lot of times the monetary settlement is there to pay for therapy or, or whatever. But there's so much more that's happening in the lives of victims. So we can't think that just because a check is cut that um now the this you know the this is quote unquote settled or it's or it's resolved um to be honest you know the church is is still very far from really adequately dealing with the wounds that that remain and 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 the aftermath of abuse and i also just have to say for you know for listeners um i know we're, we're all fatigued uh by you know by this news and by bringing up this topic periodically but i think we do owe it to survivors of of abuse not to give into the temptation to just want to keep this kind of news um at arm's length you know we 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 owe it to them to continue to kind of see what okay what's the status where where are we at uh in this ongoing you know crisis that we have to deal with father can i ask why aren't there more priests like you um who who actually try to to get i who who actually try to reach out to these victims and and enter into the suffering with them maybe i'm speaking out of turn maybe there are a lot of you out there um but but i just don't hear this from many other priests out there well, I, I would like to, to think, um, I, very honestly, I mean, uh, this is an ongoing thing. I, I still have, a, I, I learn, I try to learn from 
survivors of, of abuse. They are the experts in what's going on in their lives. Um, I do happen to know there's, there's, I think, a good number of priests out there who are, you know, trying to do this. Um, but the reality is it's messy and um, it's, uh, you know, it, it can be daunting um, and it, it, it does take some kind of experience and, and even, you know, kind of training and formation. One thing we're actually trying to do now in seminary formation is to really introduce uh, what today is called trauma-informed pastoral care. So, um, so in other words, not just specifically in ministering to survivors of clergy sexual abuse, but um, in a world where, you know, one in four, one in five individuals experience some kind of sexual abuse or yeah. even at least harassment in their lives. We have to be ready to do that. So we need tools and we need training and preparation. And how do you, how do you accompany? How do you engage? How do you minister to persons who are dealing with trauma? So uh, unfortunately, a sad reality of our culture is that trauma, Trauma's psychological everywhere. trauma, emotional trauma, is, it's all too common. Yeah. Um, and we need to be so I think sometimes priests just feel they're very inadequate to do this. And sure. um, I just encourage my brothers to, you know, to kind of confront that. And if we need to get our hands on some training and preparation, to, you know, to do that. We're going to leave it there for a moment. we got to hit a break here and we'll be back with Father Thomas Berg to talk about another tricky issue um, that arises um, in looking at this report from the Committee on Child and Youth Protection. Stay with us. It's 10 till. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Hi, I'm Mara Cagney-Tipton with the Cagney Family and Cowell Banker Real Estate. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, brother, Patrick, and I are here to help your family find the perfect home. If you have any real estate questions, 513-720-1411. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. The Sunrise Morning Show continues with Father Thomas Berg, author of Choosing Forgiveness and Hurting in the Church, both from our Sunday visitor, and Father, we're talking about a rather tricky issue this time around. Can you tell us about this term, vulnerable adults, and the debate over who all would be included in that? Sure. Yeah, it's a complicated issue. I'll try to do it in a put it in a nutshell. Um, so 
Very recently, you know, in light of the abuse crisis, the church has been turning attention more and more to um, the reality of uh, persons, often women, who um, as adults uh, have been um, sexually abused by a cleric. So um, that introduces uh, the question of... um, a very, very sticky question of is this uh, the relationship, is it a, something of a consensual nature? Could there be consent, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we're, we've, we, and certainly this came much more into the fore with the Me Too movement where a lot of sure. these very valid questions, you know, came, came uh, to the surface. Um, so, so where once upon a time, um, Kind of in in canon law, these cases were often sort of presumed to be consensual. Now there's, I think, a very healthy and much needed reflection on on uh, the reality that oftentimes these are not consensual, and um, and there we enter into the complexities of the dynamics of what happens when um, a priest, for example, who has kind of um, you know there's this power differential that exists. Um, the priest as a spiritual advisor, um, kind of a, a spiritual authority in a person's life uh, who takes advantage of someone who's in a vulnerable situation, maybe a woman who's going through a terrible divorce and so on and so forth and has other, um, maybe other emotional vulnerabilities. And a predator can, in a way, just as um, a cleric predator could groom uh, a child, well, there's a similar process that happens with adults. And um, it, so the church is grappling for a kind of a, uh, a concept to, or a name to put on that. Now, vulnerable adult is a category that has existed in canon law. It's normally been defined very narrowly to mean someone who typically does not have the use of reason um, or imperfect use of reason. Uh, recently, canon law has uh, moved or church law has moved in the direction of um, uh, broadening that to to some extent um, any person in a state of infirmity, physical or mental deficiency or deprivation of personal liberty, which in fact even occasionally limits their ability to understand or to want or to other offense. That's that's from the um, uh, Vos, est, Vos Estis Lux Mundi, which was promulgated by Pope Francis um, in May of 2019, um, which deals with uh, the d- discipline of bishops who have mishandled abuse allegations. But within that, you have this kind of broader definition of vulnerable adults. So the point is, um, there's still a lot of disagreement about what that means. There's hope that um, within the church, we could settle on one definition um, that is broader and I think that reflects the the complexities of what happens uh, when someone who is in that situation of uh, you know a power differential and exercises uh, and abuses that authority over uh, an adult who is vulnerable um, we need a definition in church law that that recognizes that. Because there can be a lot of spiritual abuse that that happens, right? Even if even if there's not something sexual in nature necessarily happening, that 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 power, uh, spiritual authority that that a priest has for 
us who are, um, you know, devout Catholics and, and look to priests for spiritual guidance, that can easily be abused. I'm, I'm so glad you, you brought that up because we do rightly focus on sexual abuse, um, sexual assault. Um, but there are other kinds of abuse, and certainly and sadly within, within the church, um, and, you know, especially it's come to light very often in recent years, whether it's within um, congregations of religious women, um, religious orders, um, movements within the church, there's that potential for spiritual abuse. And that's a whole nother area that yeah. the church needs to put a lot of attention on. We're going to have to continue that conversation at another time, Father, uh, when we get back together Happy to. here on The Morning Show. Just really appreciate your thoughts on all of this and your honesty and your clarity on it. And uh, we've got Choosing Forgiveness and Hurting in the Church linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Encourage listeners to pick up a copy of each of your books. Father Thomas Berg, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Annie. Thanks. You bet. All right. That'll do it for this Thursday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. Talk to you again tomorrow on a Friday. For Matt Swaim, the birthday boy, and Paul Lockman, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people, now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus, Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. This is Cardinal Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at SacredHeartRadio.com. Sacred Heart Radio.
Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio 